Okay, recording. Give me a second, and I'll get my oh, no, I zoomed the Earth. It exploded. It told me my video card is actually um, a sound card. It what? told me that my video card is buttered toast. Okay. Uh, I. It looks like my buttered toast is... Uh, but how do we know for sure? <laughs> just, don't use a metaphor. Just tell us if it's working or not. Uh -oh. But yeah, it, it's working. We're good. Okay. <laughs> the I, delay I said, from that response was I, I very nerve-wracking. I said it was working, and then... No, you said, my toast is very buttered right now. And <laughs> it was like, that was a um, response to you. Yeah, well, you know what? It's fucking, I, that was I don't understand I what said, I'm saying 80% that, of the time. Don't blame me, because your vernacular is bullshit. I'm keeping all Welcome of this. Welcome to Four Nerds Save the Universe, episode 27. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, did we record this last week, or has no, this been we two did. weeks? No, we were, we were uh, done for a week, because I was out of town. Yeah. And now okay. we're because I am La in town. Last week, uh, Keith was celebrating his grandfather, and then... Well, it, birthday. Eh. I mean, it, Potato, at, tomato. Yeah, at this age, you just kind of celebrate Those the whole person. Those are super different things. Yeah, because you could also... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I mean, the potato and so... tomato. <laughs> anyway, uh... Seeing as this is kind of recent, so normally we play D&D on Saturdays, but last night Keith was gone because he had a bachelor's party slash all-day Factorio game. How did yeah, that go? I, I want to hear, hear about, about that. Wait, who was the ba the bachelor, you know, that was going to get married? What not? Uh, Marty. The guy Marty... that I live in the house of. Oh, he's like married. the owner of the house. Okay. Yep. Nice. And so he's yeah, getting married. Look, look, I really so want to hear he about Factorio. all day with like nine people mm -hmm. okay. in one room. Did you guys get the rocket up or like how um, far did you get? I guess there's we, no way you could have made that at our, our pace, but. We finished researching the rocket and somebody was building stuff of it when I went to sleep at like three in the morning last night. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we started at noon. When you woke up, was it like done? Uh, when I when I woke up, uh, the the group of people who were going to go do airsoft had a le had left for airsoft, mm -hmm. and I went on to start working at my job, and that was the day. Oh, okay, uh, so now, I don't know what the what the world state ended up in. That's a little anticlimactic. I may try to get a copy of it so we can like load into it or something during our factor during a factorial session or something, but I don't have it right now because I forgot to say mm -hmm. when I was leaving. Okay. But Understandable. We were, we were up there so late. I did reach the point within... It was interesting in one session to get all the way to the point where I have a uh, armor that has four laser <laughs> turrets and a fusion reactor and I'm wiping out all of humanity. Well, non, it's non, one 12-hour session. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, a relatively advanced uh, multi-train system and all these crazy inputs and people... Uh, mm -hmm. the, there was like four now, people who had never played before in the group. I was going to say, were you the resident um, expert or how did that work? No. No, uh, I there's there's at least two people in the group, uh, Marty, his brother, and somebody else in the group. I think all have like hundreds and hundreds of hours into the game. So, so like did they consider you a noob then, basically? No. Or do you kind of like hold up to what they? It turns what they out do? that high level play for normal people, high level play isn't that different from what we've been doing. You're just better at balancing lines and knowing what ratios are and stuff like that, and that's like it. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, yeah, that's the speedrunners that beat it in 20 minutes and all this other nonsense. But like, uh, 
people that just play the game minutes, a lot that's are not possible. Is well, it? I don't. There's just there's some speed runs out there of some numbers, and I didn't really want to research them as sentence. It's but, like uh, six hours, seven hours, or something like that. I thought I saw one that would, where they launched a rocket in an hour or something. Oh well, wow. I mean, I'm talking about current builds, which uh, oh, are yeah. slightly different which targets. Keeps, I mean, how do you? What, what does the game even end like anymore? Is it? Do they still just yeah. pretend it's the, the rocket launch that yeah, ends the game? Yeah, pretty much. Because now there's just not an ending, right? I don't know, um, but I think that. Depends on the category and it depends on the version. I'm looking right now and 15.3 is uh, 5 hours, 26 minutes. And then version 0.12, which is the rocket launch version, is uh, 2 hours. So, And of course, that's, that's a little uh, more confusing because we're talking about which beta patch are we talking about speedrunning <laughs> and stuff like that. It gets so right. modular and weird. That's interesting. I didn't, I, I'm not really too surprised because like once you kind of learn a couple of the like once you learn a main bus strategy, you're just like, well, this is how to play the game. Yeah, it just like it's impossible to not use one because of how easy it makes everything and yeah, how they, organized and it makes everything. I was actually a little disappointed because uh, they had blueprints that they didn't make themselves. Yeah, that's how like they were play. They were, they were they were using blueprints off the compendium for how to balance lines. I'm like, no, that's disappointing. I, mm-hmm. I have my own personal log of blueprints that I'm slowly cobbling together uh, that are all of my own stupid design and that they're mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, was, it was weird to see people just doing prefab stuff that's just like the internet's idea of how to solve stuff. So that was that, that part was a little bit of a bummer. But there, yeah. it's interesting seeing disagreements on how to generally handle stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people, one, one thing I found interesting is that they would they would spread out their uh, iron drills across a deposit. Like mm-hmm. so that they had no overlap of zone that they were covering. Yep. It makes sense if you want to use less drills, but it's uh, it's much slower. You get less output, but yeah, they didn't use they less didn't, drills. Yeah, they, they wanted to space them out because it would cover the entire thing, but it wouldn't burn it out as fast. But I'm like, well, it only burns out at the rate we're using it. So what's the right. point? Yeah, but the, but uh, there was, the point was like is a to fundamental feel good disagreement. About yourself. Like our whole our whole base was struggling with iron, and I'm like, well, why are we only using like half the iron? Because they're all spaced out. I don't understand. That's pretty funny. <laughs> there was interesting things going on. And what was mm-hmm. crazy is uh, people had a tendency to show up like an hour apart at times. So you were teaching mm-hmm. people d- different uh, levels of the game at once at, at different I moments. See. Like, and, okay, no. so this is how you put down a burner drill. And here's how you automate green science. <laughs> so we were at a point uh, where we had like four or five sciences already being automated. And someone showed up and was asking how to build things. So that definitely mm-hmm. happened on some level. Uh, it was interesting seeing the wander effect happen again too, where the they there's certain people that don't pick up on anything that's happening at the beginning, and then therefore they're like, if they get stuck in a situation of like, oh, let's go make a new outpost over here, they don't know how to start the game, mm-hmm. and and that kind of stuff happens. It's it was it was honestly a lot of the same stuff that happens in our playthrough, but in microcosm. That's kind of fascinating. And is he, was the wife to be like going to live with you guys in the house or do they have a separate house and that's just his like side house for uh, all the, you guys? The fiance has lived here for a while, long time now. Oh, okay. So they're just, do they have like a whole level to themselves or and you guys have different rooms in a different level or what? what's the house like? Uh, it's a pr- suburban house. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. but I, I mean, like how many point, people are living with again? Five? 
Uh, at the moment, I have... I, it's a, uh, the, I'm one of two roommates right now, basically. Oh, I thought it was more than that. It you made it sound like point. it was basically just like a, a hippie commune. Just I people that there like were like coming at least and going. Two or three other guys. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what I thought. What's happened is multiple people have moved out over the course of the last two years it's been now that I've been here, which is weird to mm-hmm. think about that I've been living mm-hmm. in this little 10 by 10 space for this long, but never put up stuff on the walls because I don't think I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, what is it? Um, we've had some crazy, well, there's one roommate that was just some girl that was going through college and worked at a grocery store somewhere. And she mm-hmm. was just always in a room doing study, either studying or away doing other stuff. So, there was like no contact of any kind. Literally just a dorm and room. And then eventually for her, she moved out. Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had one crazy roommate who <laughs> will never not be crazy. Probably who <laughs> the guy uh, who was like, "Grass is my favorite vegetable." Yeah, he's the guy I told you about what? who uh, who basically got hired somewhere because of his exceptional uh, aptitude for programming and whatnot. But he's like, he he had to have taken so long to get a job because he's just like the worst to deal with <laughs> basically like he's just so unpersonable and actively problematic like like I, I think i told you during a factorio or during something where like he would like go walking across freshly cut grass like, over like the local like fields and stuff like that that are like the public mm-hmm. fields and he would just track the uh thick mats of cut grass across the floor and there would just be grass like solid footprints where the clumps would just could give up and come off his foot at some point and when and you told him to clean it up, he proceeds to what? Shove them in his mouth, going like, "This is amazing." No, and he said you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. He's not an alien. Yeah, he said you wouldn't like me oh. when I'm angry, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, I, I'm like, what he the said fuck? that his grass was his favorite vegetable." So I couldn't remember what he said, but I knew there was a story involving grass and ridiculousness. <laughs> That's so. why I thought he was going to pick it up off the floor and eat it when, like. He had yeah. a tendency to lay no. down in the backyard that would, that's all dead grass and weeds and just lay there in the thistles uh, working on his computer programming. And then he would come in and just track in like thistles and insects and shit <laughs> that were just in our house now. Dude, I kind of do the same thing, except I sit at my desk. Yeah. And uh, we have a, we have an L-shaped couch that has like a like the, the end part's like a loveseat shaped thing. And okay. he would sit in, instead of sitting at any sort of desk or even like a TV tray or something like that, he would sit in the L uh, on the floor, leaning sideways against the uh, couch. And he would do that so consistently that there was like a body-shaped indent on the side of the couch. Ew. And, he, and his uh, his laptop would be on the uh, pad itself. And at one so point, he, he had an entire pitcher of tea that he spilled and just left. Oh god! And so we, there was just a giant brown circle in the middle of the floor that had to be cleaned up by adults. That <laughs> because he doesn't seem to function like one. So does he like live in his own place now, or whatever happened to that dude? He's in some other state because he got hired by someone, and we'll, I don't know if they're still there because I've had no contact in the meantime. But that's I'm probably imagining, okay. I'm it's just imagining him like having to work in an office and just sitting on the floor because that's apparently all that he does. Like, sits on the floor, sits outside. Like, does he always have to be grounded? He can't be elevated on something? <laughs> I don't I don't know his inner workings of his brain. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I've never followed him to work or anything like that. I know oh, that he man. was I know that he was somebody that no one wanted to talk to at work and they and so like there was no like cooperation around and people just put up with him or something. Uh there was weird experience of having to ask questions like why is there sap in the sour in the shower? 
and not sap. Uh, yeah, this, he would take tree sap and clay and things like that with him into the shower for like health things. And I'm like, so he's got all wait, these like he... he's got like a bunch of like bullshit like health beliefs, I guess, where you get bullshit fake products that don't actually do things. Oh, so he was like rubbing sap on his skin or using it as wash or i've seen his desk before and it was completely covered in different jars and bottles and things that are all like white plastic with like a black label of some kind printed on and they're all and i've seen and anything that i've ever seen was like this thing has clay inside it and stuff like that and i'm like what the what (laughs) i have a funny story from (laughs) high school about uh i think i probably told this story about the dude well okay Wander, you've probably heard this story because you've basically, you know enough to be my biographer at this point. But, uh, so I apologize if you've heard this one already. <laughs> but um, I, uh, in my English class, um, one of my uh, peers, I guess you could say, uh, who was a total dumbass, um, we had a big test at the end of the semester, uh, called a, a final i guess okay. <laughs> anyway so we had our final uh, exam and um he comes into uh the classroom sits at his desk pulls out a bag of dirt and just dumps dirt all over his desk and all over the floor around his desk um and uh he said it was his holy dirt that would uh, uh give him good luck on his test on his no on his desk so no, 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 yeah. no, but like, so the but by putting the dirt on the desk when he takes the test, it's going to give him a good grade. Yeah, it's going to give him a good grade. So uh, oh. he <laughs> he just dumps dirt all over his desk, all over the floor around his desk. My teacher is like <laughs> handing out the exams, and he comes over to this guy, and he just says like, "What is that?" And he was like. <laughs> And this is exactly how he talked. I'm not going to exaggerate here or stereotype. Okay. It's my holy dirt. And so my professor was like, <laughs> uh, my, my teacher was like, yeah. they're going to clean that up. And he was like, it's for good luck. And my teacher was like, I'm not giving you this test until you clean that up. And so we had to take the final like 15 minutes late because... He had to, like, go find a janitor to get, like, a broom and a dustpan to mm-hmm. sweep up his fucking dirt and then, like, put it into a trash can. Oh, man. My teacher was so mad. And was you it know moisture? What? He failed did it have that little, exam. Did it have little white nodules no, in it from so a it came, thing? It came from, like, a Native American holy land because we were in New Mexico and oh. he like went and like took holy dirt from like some Native American site. I don't know. Okay. And he just put it into a bag and dumped it on his desk. Like I know that there are people that might have, say, like a dried shamrock on in like a pendant or like a, a little tiny vial of something that they wear as a yeah. necklace, but like that. But you- what? <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder what the backstory was there. Like, I so could maybe, talk about this guy for a long like time. Some people are, are difficult for just for the sake of it, like as a joke, but some people mean it. And then other people are like pressured by family. Like like I can almost imagine like some mother that believes all this stuff and is like it's like, Yo, this will protect you in your test and like you have to do this and then he or goes. Or he was he goes hoping that 
Or there are people that hope that their antic actually delays the test enough that it's postponed or something weird in that sense. No, this guy was just really, really not a forward thinker. In college, you can't, in college, you he literally can't. thought like the way I presented it was literally just like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna take the test and no one's gonna mind. Like that was <laughs> basically his thought process. Uh, I, hmm. I have a funny story about like weird cures. So Go for uh, it. I was probably maybe like seven or something, and I had read somewhere that like. Pine pollen was supposed to be good for you. I don't know in what or where, but whatever. Uh-huh. And so this my like friends a, and I were playing a outside. That pranks people with allergies. I don't know. Maybe. Just jam so it up there. That would be great. <laughs> my friends and I would always like to play make believe outside. And we would be mages and knights. And like one of them would like to be a princess. And we'd be our bodyguards or something. We'd be, you know, tootling around the yard. Uh, running around with sticks and stuff, fighting imaginary mm-hmm. dragons and whatnot. And um, uh, one of them had, like, bumped her head. And we were just like, oh, no. And, you know, my mom looked at it and she's like, oh, well, I mean, we can put some ice on it and stuff. And so she had the ice and everything. And I'm like, well, I, I read about this, about pine pollen. And look, our trees, all their pine pollen's out. It's They were like the Austrian pines that had those little oh they're they're peculiar it's like they have a little dongle but like several of them that come off the uh the the branches and if you bop them you just get like a plume of of yellow pollen oh we had that stuff all over the place in um in uh north carolina <laughs> right right mm-hmm. so and the th- the interesting thing was we had a lot of trees that were in groups of three and i remember the story of that day had been that you know the you know the triangles triangles are everywhere and trios it means something and there were three of us so we thought that like it was some kind of weird mystical oh, oh, thing kid for the logic sto- gotcha yeah yeah for the story and, I thought this uh, was a news story. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's fine. so we went out to the trees and we started running around them, bopping their branches, and there were just plumes of yellow pollen everywhere. And maybe it was just because we were excited or, you know, we were running around and our adrenaline was up, but, you know, my one friend who bopped her head or bumped her head, uh, felt better by bopping the, uh, the pollen off the trees and we were all happy. Thank goodness none of us were actually allergic to that stuff. I think another friend of mine would have been very allergic to that. Oh man! But uh, yeah, it was it was just funny. That's just one of those old memories. I have a I have a story actually extremely similar to that one. Okay. So it was springtime. Uh, we were about to. Uh, I think it was either graduate high school or like maybe we were just about ready to start summer. I don't really remember, but. Um, all I remember is that, like, all the trees around uh, the campus were just in full blossom. It was really pretty. And mm-hmm. um, I just, like, saw this one tree. And I was like, I've never seen this tree before. And it was like a cherry blossom tree or something. Oh, it was yeah. so cool looking. Did it have all the petals flying? It did have there? all the petals. They hadn't fallen off yet, but it was okay. in full blossom, full bloom. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to go up and, like, inspect this tree. And I walk underneath the tree and I, it was just this cloud of like tree stank. <laughs> like, 
the dream oh, is geez. basically just announcing to the world, like, I am ready to germinate. And it was just like, it was, it just like was this poison gas cloud of tree stank death. So, I mean, I walk sure in. The, are you sure it's not the semen trees? Yeah, we had those in college. Those were the what? Right. So dogwood. I believe well, it's no, no, dogwood. No, no, it's not dogwood. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of tree. You sure? I'm fairly. I, I, okay. I think it was a different type. It might be like another type of crab apple-y thing no, or something. No, no. Did, they didn't have all did it have apples. The, bark. But this I, this one has. They have the little white blossoms though. Because oh yeah, I suppose our crab apple didn't smell that bad. Yeah. But we have a dogwood mm-hmm. in the front, and they have completely different no, pot- um, petals. Male. Oh, okay. I don't know. But effectively, uh, there are two. Uh, you know, obviously, gender. Tree genders there and stuff are, like there that. There are tree and bush genders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some, the yeah. I don't know if it was the male or the female version of this this tree. It'd probably be the well, but the problem is it doesn't they matter. They would need both, wouldn't they? I but one smells, one doesn't. Oh, okay, I get it. And so the uh, the female version I think was fine, but the male version stank like yeah, jizz. Oh my and god! And they planted really? it all over the dorms. Oh. <laughs> they, they, plant, no, no, they planted them all. So there were the dorm buildings, uh, uh, uh-huh. and then there were all the academic buildings. And between them was the gymnasium and just a long path. It was called the quarter mile mm-hmm. uh, because, it, but wasn't it more than a quarter mile? It was like a third. Yeah, it's called the green mile with the sound of it. Okay, and so all along His palms uh, are sweaty. this path. <laughs> along this path <laughs> were these were these trees and uh yeah mm. people would have to walk through them yeah uh, well whatever tree it was like it didn't smell bad it just was like if you've ever smelled like something like you just like i'm allergic to that like you just immediately get that sense of like this is very polony and i'm dying <laughs> imagine <laughs> that but like if somebody like put it into a bomb and exploded it on you that's what it was like walking under this tree. Okay. And I was walking with a friend of mine, and we both just walk under this tree because we're like, this tree is really cool. It's going to be like really nice and lovely. And we both died. Like, other people like actually came up to us and they were like, are you two okay? Because we just like were immediately just like staggering, like coughing and just like <laughs> weeping and like running away from this tree. Oh. I have another tree story. <laughs> if we okay. want to keep going with tree stories. So it was in high school. It was around springtime. I think we were either graduating or it was the year before and we were about to go into summer. Anyway, so we were a friend of mine were walking around campus and we saw this one tree that we had never really seen before. And this tree, um it You're instead of the strange trees tree, again. Instead of the cherry blossom tree that was nice and pretty, this was like a tree that got a like a curse on it. Like this tree like killed a witch's like son or something. And so like this tree we went up to look at it. It it, it had like three leaves on it in the middle like oh. in the middle of spring. So we knew something was up. And we go on to it, and, like, this tree had, like, open, like, sores of just, like, sap just oozing out of the tree, just all over it. And then there were, like, these weird tree spiders that just oh. were crawling up and down the entire oh. tree, just, like, 
they were they were oozing out of sores creepy oh god we were just like what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with this tree well clearly it it was rotten great wood (laughs) it was was, exactly like one it was being (laughs) it must have been like bored into by mites and like yeah tree mites i don't know what was i don't know what was wrong with that tree but like well you said that there literally full of sores is probably what was wrong with it (laughs) Well, it right, was, but it, it, it creates the sores to, like, ooze the uh, bugs out, but then the bugs keep burrowing, and uh, that was, it was a disease tree. Mm-hmm. Anyone else got any tree stories? I'm trying to uh, think of some. Uh, I'm surprised I, mean, I have as many as I just did, but there you are, there's <laughs> two. Uh, I mean, I think I already told you guys about the raccoon that suffocated in one, right? No. What? what? I no. haven't told you guys the raccoon story. How many animal death stories do you have? <laughs> I have tons of animal death stories. That's not wow. That's a casual sentence. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, that one time that we that we dissected a hermaphroditic pig. Yeah, the hermaphroditic pig. Well, that, that was a that was a that was a school that. sanctioned dissection. We have there. a we have a podcast I mean, that's titled Hermaphroditic Pig Fetus. The hermaphroditic pig fetus. Yeah, that, punk that was pretty cool. Uh, okay, so this is the story of the of the chubby raccoon. The, you know, its soul rest in peace. So, we used to live up further by the lake. Uh, by the lake, I mean Lake Ontario Lake. And, uh, you know, a quaint little house. We had a in-ground pool in the backyard, and it backed up to a golf course. So we'd get a lot of golf balls in our yard, unfortunately. It, they never hit anything or anyone, but, you know, we, we would gather them all at the end of the day and it would be fun to see how many we had uh but there was you know a stand of trees betwixt the uh yard and the golf course and there was this one tree that had just had a large hole in it but very like way up high probably on like a a, the second or third story of a building kind of height and uh one day i remember walking outside in the snow and i was probably maybe four or five then, and mm-hmm. I see a raccoon butt sticking out of the tree, <laughs> and and it was it was pretty motionless, and there was a tail you know dangling out and one of his feet, and it was just just okay, yeah, wow. poor raccoon. So my mom she goes, oh you know I need I need to call animal control or you know someone to get this this thing out of the tree because who knows it might be dead. So she calls around, and of course. Uh, Oh, I, I think maybe, maybe the police department or something was like, "Oh no, go to animal control," and, and animal control is like, "Oh no, we're closed for today." But somehow, someone was able to come out. I don't know if it was that day or if it was the next day. <laughs> Freelance but, taxidermist. Uh, I don't know. But they came out with their ladders, and I remember standing in the backyard and just like hoping the poor thing wasn't dead. But sure enough, it had suffocated in there frozen to death i don't know they said that it it had gotten too large and had tried to you know go back into its little home and just got stuck got stuck in the tree america and that the story doesn't end there like yes they took they took too fat to live (laughs) (laughs) so they they took the raccoon away and i was i was upset about this i i would get upset often when I'm my upset parents about it just hearing about it my the raccoon parents shall blot out the sun <laughs> well 
I mean, there was the time that an opossum and all her little babies drowned in our pool. That was that was a bad thing too. Uh, oh, you but- didn't cover your pool? What the hell? No, no, the pool was covered. My parents were uncovering it, and then they found all their corpses. So somehow oh. they got under the cover. Well, I don't understand that. But hmm. in any case, uh, so I was feeling bad about the raccoon. And at the time, Beanie Babies had come out, right? You know, everyone has. <laughs> I, I have over 100 Beanie Babies back at my parents' house, probably. So you ripped out its little uh, raccoon heart, and you stitched it into the Build-A-Bear, and it'll live on forever. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> She's so not my a mom, Satanist. <laughs> so I don't my know. mom's my mom's friend from high school uh, lived a couple states away, and she had heard about the story. So she sent a package in the mail, and I open it up, and I am greeted with a uh, like a paper towel tube roll, you know, a a brown paper roll, and it had a hole cut in it, and Ringo the raccoon, the beanie baby, was stuffed inside it with a leg dangling out and its tail and its butt. Oh. <laughs> and, and it's like... I you know, own that one. Sorry about the raccoon. You know, here's one that you can have. And I'm just like... Uh, and I told my friends this story. They're all God cracking up. Damn. <laughs> they're <is> like... cold. <laughs> Well, they thought it was hilarious. I mean, I I was glad to have the Beanie Baby. It was probably one of my first Beanie Babies, actually. But, yeah. So, that's how I I came to acquire Ringo the Raccoon Beanie Baby. After the terrible demise of Mr. Chubbs, who couldn't climb into his hole in the winter. All you had to do was capture (laughs) his soul. (laughs) Right. Oh, it's, like a, it's like a soul gem in, in Elder Scrolls. <laughs> soul gem in Elder Scrolls? What, to, something you, you dies? You the you... beanie baby with its death. <laughs> I have another little... I have a, oh God, I have so many like stories about stuffed animals from when I was a kid because I have so many. I have none. Oh, man. I feel like this whole podcast could be just Shell and I exchanging stories about like stuffed animals and trees, apparently. <laughs> but ostensibly, I guess this is a gaming podcast so maybe we should allegedly um, oh. oh yeah <laughs> talk about talk about video games um yeah so we talked about factorio a little bit what else have people been up to i've been playing well, you've uh, been doing a lot of roguelikes a lot yeah. uh, actually a lot of just random games lately it's also on this podcast yeah <laughs> here is this the first time i've spoken this entire podcast? It, might it might be yeah it's okay i've been playing a lot of roguelikes um there have been some good ones. There have been some terrible ones. Um, it's kind of all over the place, honestly. I've been playing a new one uh, called Minion Master. I say new, but it's been in development for like three years because they gave me a copy back when I was practically starting YouTubing. And I was just mm-hmm. like, this looks nice, but very clearly like nowhere close to done. So I'm just going to wait on this one. And um, that was probably a wise decision. It's a good game, but it it falls to the same trap that it, a lot of like, uh, I guess, uh, in dev roguelikes or just like roguelikes in general run, in, run into, which is just the lack of variety. Uh, mm-hmm. So the premise of the game is actually really neat. You're a you're an imp, and you're like the weakest monster in the dungeon, and your goal is to uh, your goal is to like become the strongest monster in the dungeon by um, what was the name of the game again? Uh, Mid boss. Okay, you. I think you said something different. I might have. Sorry. Yeah. Um, You're talking about mid boss right now, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mid boss. Okay. I might have said like minion something. Sorry. Yeah, you did. Brain. Yeah. Um, it's fine. There's there's another game that kind of was similar but not as good. 
Okay. I just um, wanted to clarify because yep. I was like, this sounds like mid-boss, but he didn't call it mid-boss. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but so it's kind of this it's I think this Bird's neat here concept. to be the local expert on Wander. <laughs> on on Wander's semi-tired brain, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, unfortunately, it runs into the same problem that a lot of roguelikes do, which is uh, really low variety. So the entire point is like... Uh, you take over these monsters, you get their abilities, you get better at, like, playing these monsters. Oh, and I'm looking at uh, it, and notably, this is genuinely a roguelike. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, this is, like... That, as is almost true. never true when that term is used. No, this yeah. is very, very This is everyone standing school. on tiles, moving at the same time when you press a button and so on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, neat thing about it is it has a speed mechanic. It actually... So it kind of does a slightly different thing. Uh, most roguelikes will do it uh, where everybody just gets their turn... In order, whereas um, uh, whereas mid boss is very much like um, if you have like a if you're playing as the rat, you go way faster than the minotaur, for example, mm-hmm. and so you can kind of cheese uh, speed mechanics more than a little to like just destroy your enemies. So very often, I will like be low on health as mm-hmm. a vampire bat, and I'm just running around. Um, life stealing them as they like kind of shamble towards me and it's so is, is it basically a dungeon full of existing ac- creature types and you basically pick one to play as out of the yeah mix? but you can uh and rise from w- obscurity yeah but uh instead of like having standard healing you have to um you have to repossess. heal well yeah you heal to full every time you repossess a new creature but you can also like drop a new creature uh, but the goal is to master as many of them as possible to give yourself like a, a wider host of abilities to use because every creature can then be reincorporated into your imp form and used, which is really neat. And I've effectively generated this uh, unstoppable hit and run fireball machine. <laughs> um, is that the Aether Bat that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. The Aether Bat is is my uh, is like kind of the crux of the whole thing the developer so the aetherbat has blink which just has it teleport randomly around the screen unless you're me where i got a i got a magical item that made it so i can teleport uh specifically wherever i want so no it uh pretty much unless an enemy has like a long-range attack nothing can reach me or touch me or do anything of the mm-hmm. sort which is kind of beautiful um but unfortunately it does the kind of pokemon recolor style mm. um so instead or i guess digimon recolor style uh where literally every like enemy is just a recolor of like a previous enemy you've run into like i've uh i only i'm on floor 11 out of 14 and i've only just recently run into a new creature uh for the first time in like i want to say like six levels or Eesh. more yeah and so it's like you kind of get like bat type A and B and stuff like that, but it's very clearly just like I don't think they had the time or the uh, the budget to um to like really make everything uh like as deep as they wanted it to go. But unfortunately, it's one of those roguelikes where you're just like I'm not really sure if I want to play like another run of this, which sucks, but. I don't know. You were going to say something about, um, you said the developers, and then you kind of trailed off. Oh, well, okay, so uh, part of it is uh, they were watching me play it last night, so uh, this is a problem I have, where I'm, like, playing a game, and they're watching me live, and I'm like, okay, just maybe don't talk about it exactly, 
uh negatively like i i get this performance anxiety oh no oh no i went on last night and then bitched about the game yeah no there (laughs) (laughs) i think you said something actually fairly negative by the viewers those videos of that game were not his true opinion (laughs) (laughs) almost immediately i mean i like the the game it's just one of those where i'm playing it i'm just like Oh, they just, they need like three times as many monsters in this game would be amazing but because they only have this set. It's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to play this again. I uh, when I had that experience of like, of like playing through Zenith while praising it, but also talking mad shit about so many parts of it because it's a mess of a game <laughs> and then finding out the developers were watching the entire time mm. afterwards. Kind- <laughs> kind of conversely, I've actually been playing another roguelike called Dead Cells, which is... Wait, 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 before we get off this oh, topic, okay, I need sure. to know, did... did- did they did they see what I wrote about their game? I maybe maybe not. Oh, wait no. wait, how, how, you've played Bridges it. Bridges burned. No, how I didn't. Dare you I didn't about play a fellow it. I just went into Bridges' chat, and he was playing as the Aether Bat, and I was just like, the sound effect makes me want to die. <laughs> yeah, they very very that, possibly that saw spell that spellcasting sound effect. Wander as he plays the Aether Bat. Oh yeah. I will pay you good money to mod the game to replace that sound effect with either nothing or I mean, something better. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, depending on how you worded it, it could be construed as you know a, a form of constructive criticism. <laughs> ah, they, yes. They no- the sentence: they- "This game looks like something that my dad would get me when I was a kid off of a freeware shovelware CD." Oh no! Uh, probably a pretty constructive thing. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Was not, it, not that part. Was the Aether Bat sound noise, better or worse it, than the ghost sound from freaking uh, uh, Sexy Brutal that would trigger 15 times I don't know, man. The Aether uh, Bat sound is like... Uh, <laughs> like, it's I, the worst. I mean, I would argue that the ghost sound was the better sound effect, but it was repeated so and it was so much used. louder than everything else. Yeah, that game had a high-pitched mm-hmm. laughing ghost noise that would play whenever you were in a room with ghosts. <laughs> it would play at the moment you entered yeah. when, as the ghost spawned. But the problem was if you peeked through a door to look into the next room, the moment you stopped mm-hmm. peeking in the door, it would respawn the ghost in the room you were in, making the pl- sound effect play again, over and over again. And that and, game is about repetition and backtracking. And peeking through doors yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like Actually, you triggered the same sound six times in the same room without leaving the room. <laughs> And I mean, the the interesting thing with that, too, is uh, I know that sound cues are important for games, but how difficult would it be for someone, say, who's hard of hearing to actually play video games? When- it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Depends um, on how I, much the sound matters, I guess. I saw this I know- one extraordinarily cool video about this topic in an oblique sense where they were uh, they were a player that was blind and mm-hmm. so they required, um, they were talking about what games they could play purely off of audio cues. And they said that the only game that you can play if you're blind um, <clears throat> all the way through, like that they that they said that like, they could really get into and really understand what was going on was um, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. That's and They said bizarre. every other game didn't have distinct enough um, sound effects for them to understand uh but they're still like memorizing the entire the game as they go, basically, it, right? Like that's yeah. So they were that's... they were just like, basically putting together audio cues in a long sequence of like insane cause trial and, and error. Yeah, trial and error. Which, Oof. to be fair, is not really that much different from the from way playing it with your uh, eyes. <laughs> yeah, because that game is. Um, yeah, it was a very fun I've, game for the time, but holy 
God, <laughs> not a fun game to play. It's just frustrating now. <laughs> yeah, because I know that in a lot of games, there are puzzles that are either uh, music puzzles yep. or sound puzzles. And unless there's a visual to correspond with it, I know that there are a couple like I remember yeah, in you can't, Riven, you can't uh, you'd be twirling these little Correct. wooden balls and they would make an mm-hmm. animal noise. But if you have to be near the animal to hear the animal noise and yeah, so. Mm hmm. And it's interesting. And it makes me think of, like, do they put their games through filters to check for colorblindness, per se, so that they... Some developers will, but most don't. They don't even think about it. Some of the filters are just kind of bad. Yeah, they are. It seems like the color filter they do for colorblind people on Doom seems to just make the whole game green. Well, I I remember fiddling around with Photoshop, and it made everything either, like, a weird periwinkle blue or olive green. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's difficult um, to develop stuff and not take for granted like your full abilities. Um, and at working at Amazon, like we're constantly receiving this meth message of like receiving don't... meth message. <laughs> no, no, they're always they, they, old there's Amazon always meth. talks. You can get it delivered uh, to you like, within the hour via drones. There's to always talks like workshops and correspondences and like tons of stuff that are just like, here's how to design your software so that like it's actually accessible and uh, things like that. Like and I just everyone talking throws that rail. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing. But, no, this is, uh, it was this really is one cool thing stuff. I'm wondering. Um, so, you know, Braille. Have they developed? Uh, no, I don't. No, no, no. I don't like, think any of us know Braille. Well, I don't, no, I mean, <laughs> like not thing. knowing how to read it, but know of it. So, mm-hmm. like... Is it possible for there to be something akin to a Kindle book, but like it just pushes up the nubs when needed for a page? So uh, last time we played Mastorio, I actually, so I just, okay, the answer is yes. Uh, Kindle released a $500 version um, very recently that is uh, uses a Braille display. Okay. And uh, what it does is it um, pokes uh pins up basically through right. um through like a membrane and you read it that way oh, yeah i'm looking at it it looks like yep. it yeah it looks a lot like a credit card so you can um you can that displays uh 20 characters at a time that's all you get uh Only 20 okay yes because uh most braille displays that are full-sized cost like six or seven thousand dollars so mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one that they uh very recently made and i saw a talk on so uh but it's really interesting because um i learned that braille literacy amongst like uh the deaf community or not deaf com- wow uh wow. the blind <laughs> around the deaf community it's real low <laughs> oh, no. surprising it, no one whoa braille literacy well i mean i say the i say the phrase deaf community a lot more than i say the phrase blind yeah. community anyway um the so amongst the blind community um <laughs> amongst the blind community braille literacy has fallen off really badly in the past like a couple of like two or three decades because huh. uh well everything moved to um digital displays which uh until very recently didn't have um right. braille stuff and it's still like super expensive so everything moved to digital and then by extension uh everybody just started using text-to-speech for their uh, accessibility oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, because so, audiobooks and stuff. So hmm. yeah, so they use audio, audio uh, text to speech 
for a lot of things. But um, text-to-speech works really, really badly for uh, highly technical work. So if you ask, like, I want a text-to-speak version of um, some computer code I'm working on, and it mm-hmm. says, like, if open paren, this condition equals this condition, close paren, open paren. Like the moon base videos. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, you just get this dump A-E-O, of, like, information A-E-O. that you can't, like, comprehend. Or also, it must a lot be a- of... Oh, sorry. Uh, what a lot of text to speech stuff will do, it'll be like if there's an image, it'll just be like a uh, picture below is the quadratic formula image.png. And you're like, God damn it, that's, not, that's, not gonna, <laughs> that's like, not it doesn't a- actually like do the uh do the formula, for example. So Braille I- they're trying to increase Braille literacy in the communities because it's really way better than text to speech. Um, but like right now, Braille literacy, I think is at like 18%. Like mm-hmm. it fell off real bad because, uh, in part due to, um, digital displays, just crushing it. Uh, but who, who knows, I, you know, maybe we'll know start that, seeing that come around lately. I think a friend of ours, I think a friend of ours was pot- potentially going to participate in like a cybernetic eye study. Yes. Uh-huh. I think that would be really cool. But what would it do? I would, but I, it, you you would actually be able to see through it, but it'd be uh, black and white. Oh, I see. So it's almost like a cochlear implant, but for your eyes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I I've looked at it when it like whenever it pops up on the internet, and I'm like, that is the hmm. coolest thing. What I was also yeah. thinking uh, for like the text to speech is it, it must really botch like sci-fi and fantasy names in uh, novels. Oh, I'm, uh, I am uh, sure. I mean, I think, God, it probably couldn't even pronounce like Hermione in Harry Potter. <laughs> I remember uh, reading this one fantasy novel series, and there was an Elven city, and I think it was called Ysterio Poerin, and. Yeah, I was. I remember a having a little over that a couple of times. I'm like, oh, well, oh, that's how all the vowels work together there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the but- uh, part of the talk that I saw was uh, somebody actually just like pulling up a bunch of text to speech stuff on um, common operations, and they were just like showing how it's like just the worst. They like they were just like, here, you want to like log on to your internet and like enter your Wi-Fi password? Let's try that with text to speech, and it was impossible like it just does not work for anything outside of very very narrow um applications but yeah i wonder so, how they how they so choose our, voices oh yeah what were we gonna say oh i, I was just voices? wondering oh. yeah yeah for i mean i know that there are people would audition for say audiobooks because they want an author or the publisher mm-hmm. would want a book read in a particular way. Actually, that's another thing. Do you guys like it when people put on voices for characters in a book or not? We're all I, let's players, so I mean, we, above we all better... else, I just prefer voice cast. Yeah. Voice, the... Oh, you mean they actually do cast a whole line of? Yeah, um, that's one of the cool things about yeah. Ender's Game, actually. Oh, really? Ender's Game has a series of voice actors in it. Hmm. Uh, it's not perfect. I think. I think the uh, the main. 
I think the main chapters are actually just one person, but there's mm-hmm. uh there's back and forth between two other characters between chapters and stuff like that that are like sort of planning the stuff that's going on in, in the uh in the story, and those are two mm-hmm. different voice actors from the main one and stuff like that. And like the bigger the voice Aww. cast, the better. Like uh, like what's really cool is uh, uh, a really good one was actually World War Z. World War huh. Z's voice cast is it, the original World War Z story is about a guy going around the world touring and interviewing all these people who survived the zombie apocalypse because it happens after the zombie apocalypse has been resolved already. Yeah, unfortunately we had mm-hmm. only seen the Brad Pitt movie, so Yeah. So in the mm. but in the book it's because every chapter is a different person around the world in their story, that means every single chapter is a different voice actor including like Mark Hamill and stuff like that. Oh cool. Yeah, if they ever did the Animorphs, I mean that's in the first person as well. Like I could imagine them having those with a cast of kid characters. Yeah, it just works better. It's like, oh, these people are supposed to be all around the world, so we'll like we'll get some person that actually like has that accent to, to speak in first person for this chapter and stuff like that, as opposed to, uh, uh, Pete was it uh, a Game of Thrones guy, uh, Roy Dotrice. Mm-hmm. Uh, has to do so many voices for so many <laughs> characters as he reads it's these funny, gargantuan though, books, and he will straight up forget some of the voices. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Never t- mind that. But... Be a, like because the books come out so far apart from each other, in particular, like by the time mm-hmm. da- like the next one comes out, like a Dance with Dragons and stuff like that, or whatever, like like oh, I guess Arya sounds like that now and stuff like that will just happen <laughs> because he doesn't like review every single voice from four, five, ten years ago or whatever when he, when each book comes out to actually get every voice. That happened right. to me in my extremely short-lived Owlboy series. I think like <laughs> Getty's voice changed like three times in two Dude, episodes. Getty, Getty's <laughs> voice started as like nasal nerd for me but, and then i don't so know what it ended as but it was problem, not that he changed it a couple times. is that like you meet getty like immediately then he goes away and you meet like 30 other characters then you meet getty again and you're like oh shit he's back what was his voice and then you find out people, oh getty's the like the main one yes yeah oh, people man. were a little upset when um oh who was the spider kid oh, that no, wasn't actually that game. a spider i want to play uh, it more Okay, spoilers. sorry. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, yeah. And he was like, I, who was he the guy that died at like the a, end? No, 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 no. Owl boy. Uh, so, <laughs> so he was sort of like Funny an anti-owlboy. Was hero, dead the whole maybe, time. Even antagonist at the beginning. So I was playing mm-hmm. him sort of cool and like that kind of character. And mm-hmm. then he's like a, a mewling kid that wants to get out of the house, and his brother and his father are chastising him all the time so then i was like oh guys and people were like no we like the old voice so i had it that when he like throws on his get up and is a spider again oh he becomes cool i think i tried to make him sound like sonic the hedgehog (laughs) whoa because that's exactly what his character was was that exact irritating personality you know what i did is i made getty when he came back i didn't realize he was going to be like the main Dude, that would never <laughs> shut up. I made him have the, the voice of Getty instead Lee. Of you. I I made him have the voice of Getty Lee from Rush. Oh, that was an extraordinarily poor decision in hindsight because he never shut up. Well, I mean, so, what you say about his company is what you say about society. It's what actually, I said about every goddamn thing in that game. <laughs> actually, when Wander was playing, what was it Alphonse? Was his name Alphonse? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the name uh, of one of my bunnies. Oh, are we? We're talking about vocal regrets. 
Well, yes. yeah. Well, this is particularly from Owlboy, but like you thought that he was just going to be some kind I of antagonist he was be character, like the one-off off. antagonist, not like a teammate. So <laughs> he uh, made these like deep. I gave him kind of like a you know like a <laughs> that kind of voice, and it was just such a such a bad mistake. You'd be, you'd be hoarse at the end of the day. <laughs> I was so I was so hoarse. I was hoarse even... after like three minutes of so, voicing Getty Lee. So I, I played Mother Russia Bleeds with Andrew, and we were just giving every mm-hmm. character a voice based on what they look like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone's like oh, a yeah. horrible, run-down, beat-up, nasty, junky <laughs> monster. So all of our voices were just murder on our voices, and every single sure. session we were just were losing our voices completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we literally couldn't handle everything, like every voice we decided on, because no one looks anything other than like they're going to have a horrible voice. An issue that we had with Night in the Woods was half the characters we couldn't tell the gender of. And yeah. it wasn't until we were already a couple sentences in someone's lines that were like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then we'd have to switch off. And I think for Selmer's, I, ca- I changed her voice at least three or four times. But most of the other characters that were more frequent frequent were consistent. Instead, I would just ignore but- everyone's gender. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. I already decided. You weren't, well, you weren't co-commentary Let's Playing It, so. Yeah. Whereas, like, well, like I, we, I would do voice. female voices and he would do male voices. Except then I did the voice for that one um, cultist, and then he mm. ended up being the main cultist. And I'm like, mm-hmm. darn it, darn it, Jill, no. can you give an impression of Wander doing a female voice? Why not ask him to do a female Go voice? Please. No, I want to hear your take on <laughs> his take on female voices. Hello there. How are yep. you today? Uh, a little bit, a little bit more gravel, a lot like an octave and a half lower. Oh yeah, and then he yeah. got it. Hello there. No, no, he he can do a high voice. He can do a high voice. Come on. I. Yeah, yeah. See, he can do it just about as high as me. <laughs> it's a, it's his exasperated voice. That's his girl voice. <laughs> uh. Yeah, his, his yeah his high pitched. Yeah, that is right. Come on, do it. Stop. Oh no. Just I act see. like everyone's telling you to sing. <laughs> nah. so yeah, I, I'm trying to. Yeah, so I guess on, on, I can't. Right this is my voice here. I'm trying to sound as manly as possible. Wander, and the terrible, huh? I don't. I don't know this where this is, is going. Voice. I'm a man. When I was when I was in high school, I'm going to bicep later. When I was in high school, my uh, my Spanish teacher had this brilliant idea of having the entire class make um, Spanish sit like sitcom videos oh. based on her oh, favorite nice. Spanish sitcoms. Oh. Oh, weird. Uh, but there are only like six girls in the class and like 20 dudes. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you had to do the you had to do it Shakespeare style. Yeah. Well, I wasn't consulted on this. Okay. All my friends were kind of dickish, so they're just like you're just going to be the female you're part. The girl. And I was just like I don't even like like Come the character here, big at boy. all. Yeah, That's so like playing the in protest pro- I shaved my head. And, like, <laughs> refused to dress up in any way, shape, or form. They, like, had a costume for me. And I'm like, you yeah. you wear it. <laughs> like, now that I'm older, I, I don't give a shit. But then it was just kind of like, I don't appreciate being forced into the role. If I had volunteered, <laughs> I'd be interested. But I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just going to make this uh, worse. 
just in general. I think I think for the most part, I always volunteered to be the guy if a guy was necessary for a writing assignment or um, a skit. To be fair, this is a Spanish like soap opera, so not exactly what I would call <laughs> I, volunteer. What, what, what was happening in the story? Were, were, was oh, there no, was I, someone cheating? Was no, so we Break so up? what we did was we watched this Spanish soap opera up until the like final final two episodes, give or take. And she's like, write your own yeah, ending. Yeah, write your own ending, and it was like leading up to the sweet sixteen and stuff like that. Uh-oh. I'm like, who cares? This Por is like no los quinceañera. I have never been interested but, but in any the of this. Quinceañera is fifteen. E, uh, Por qué yeah. no nos quinceañera? <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah, it would be the Sweet 15 version, whatever. But yeah, it was the it was the quinceanera and just asking a group of dudes to, like, write about a quinceanera is just like, it's dumb. I want, why? What's the Spanish word for hottie? Hottie okay. patati. Our, our major uh, Spanish assignment was, like, a how-to video that we were supposed to record, and everyone was doing it on uh, VHS tapes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh so my friend and i were partnered up and we decided to how to become a jedi knight and that was awesome because i already had a whole like jedi knight outfit and my mace windu fx uh master replica lightsaber and everything and her brother ended up playing as um an alien and a bounty hunter and a couple other characters and it was fun we were talking I mean, about like the physical rigors of training setting meditation like a Spanish assignment is kind of cheating because they're just like, "Wir haben ein lightsaber," or like, "Wir uh, haben." Wow, that was German. I mean- um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith, what's the, what's the German word for saber? Uh, don't know. Or sword? That's probably saber. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it would just be like, like, um. M- Mui Padawan or something like that. Like it, 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 no, you don't no, even translate I, I think, it. I think I use the word apprentice and then it, for like the the lightsaber apprentice weapon. Apprentice <laughs> Yeah. Uh. To that effect. For the record, there's something magical about trying to watch like um like Tran- like other yeah of videos. Star Wars in Spanish specifically is kind of magic. Because, <laughs> like, Darth Vader, it, it does kind of do that where it's just like, you know, Spanish, 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 Darth Vader, Spanish, 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 Spanish. <laughs> it's just like, huh. I always like um, when you're watching a t- uh, an episode of like a TV show and there's like a musical segment and then they don't have the budget to voice act over the musical segment. Oh. So it's like like a weird like it's like I don't know the Simpsons or something like that. So it's just like Homer voice, like Spanish Homer voice. Uh, it was like and Marjo, and then like all of a sudden it's like duh, 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 duh. and then I don't know some musical number, but it's like back to like the English version. But it's also way quieter for some reason. Uh, so it's Actually, like what the hell happened? <laughs> Where did all the sound go? What I find really interesting is. Um, like uh, with Disney films and and such, where sometimes they try casting their their cast so that they have like as much of a similar sound to the original English cast as possible, 
mm-hmm. or they have a completely different take and choose a a, a completely different like mm-hmm. kind of tenor for their characters and it's just mm-hmm. like wow you know that that's it's interesting just how the quality of one's voice can oh. change a character Shell, do you yeah. remember Croatian Homer Simpson slash like Croatian oh, Simpsons funny. at all oh yeah I remember mm-hmm. that was on one night yeah, yeah I, we like one of the first nights we were there we tried turning on the TV just to see what we could get and it was Croatian Simpsons because apparently mm. Simpsons was really popular over there <laughs> um but so Homer was like dead on perfect like same oh, like voice quality uh mm-hmm. Marge no no, <laughs> did she sound like and say was she really high pitched? No, no, Marge actually sounded like sounded like a normal person as opposed to that. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it was it was weird having oh, Marge. Oh well, yeah, not Marge have, is like, weird. I yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> so this now I'm just Homer, thinking of the yeah. uh, the Game Grumps collaboration. That's, oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess I do sound like Oni right now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I go buy eggs for Bart. Okay. Anyway, when I um, find out that uh, Bird's just like Bumblebee from the Transformers movies and is downloading all of his lines from other people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, well, I actually did I, my uh, first ever video for my spe- for uh, my language classes, uh, all the way back in like 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. Shit. So that was my mm-hmm. it was like my first ever like YouTube style video, basically, and it's because we were supposed to produce a like five minute video for the class and then turn that in and it was also supposed to be in the language and everything so my friends and I decided to make a German game show featuring okay. zombies oh. and so we, they would just get asked stupid questions but then the moment anyone answered any question incorrectly it would just smash cut <laughs> to them being dragged away screaming with the like, zombies and like not funny like the screaming was not meant to, like silly at all it was like it was just a smash cut to weirdly morbid, like dragging away, then back to the show as if nothing happened. <laughs> oh. And where where did the huh. zombies come in? It was just uh, that's the dragging. If the you part, skip the part. question, you die. Uh, okay. The impl- implication that everyone that does the questions incorrectly just dies horribly. And this is uh, all and weirdly, yeah, it's like that was ten years ago. That was like our final project for like junior year <laughs> German class. <laughs> that I'm reminds me it, of a- I'm watching it right now, and it's it's a fucking mess because I didn't consider you didn't believe in editing no actually or, it's or it's, second it, takes. there's so much editing in it actually mm-hmm. but like at the time i never considered the idea that about like how i was going to get the footage and stuff like that so when we filmed it i just filmed it and didn't think about it and then found mm-hmm. out later that it was like somehow the only remaining camcorder in in, in the world that only films to tape oh and- god after the project's uh-huh. already done recording and everything and everyone's gone and so uh, then I'm, I had to figure out how, to, like, I'd learn things like, I had to learn new words like Firewire and all these other things to figure out how to uh, ever uh-huh. throw fit anything together. And, uh, like, it, the resulting video is, like, it's probably, like, four frames per second. It's, like, this oh, is the wow. only thing I was able to export onto my whatever fucking computer I had at the time and whatever connection I managed to put together. <sighs> Because that was just all I was able to put together and made the video out of that. It's the most disappointing outcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound super cheesy, but uh, so the same friend and I that did the uh, the Jedi Knight uh, Apprentice uh, thing, um, we had done, uh, it was Tom Sawyer. We had to do our own like reenactment of scenes from Tom Sawyer. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I was Huckleberry Finn and my friend was Tom Sawyer. And it was so weird putting on a Huckleberry Finn voice. But we were doing the scene where we see uh, Injun Joe. I think that's how they pronounced it. Uh, burying the body of a guy that he had murdered. Uh, you guys had read Tom Sawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. I never, never have, actually. You've never read I've Tom never Sawyer? I've never read Tom Sawyer. Ah. Oh. oh. My, class okay. read, my class read Huckleberry Finn. Oh, we, we um, also read Huckleberry I, Finn. I My class read Huckleberry Finn, and I read Tom Sawyer for fun, because it's uh, pretty short. Mm. So I was like, yeah, might as well knock out both. I don't know if we read them back to back like, or different years. It felt like Probably it was just implied years. that they Probably. just assumed we already read it in a previous year or something. <laughs> like, obviously, Maybe. some other class you took would have required you to take uh, read Tom Sawyer at some point. So we're just going to start with Huckleberry Finn, and I'm like, so, all right. <laughs> There, there's a bunch of hilarious things. So the dagger that we had our our other friend, who was Injun Joe, used to slay uh, my first friend's brother, who was the victim. Uh, they had Sting from Lord of the Rings, but like the one that makes clanging noises and glows. <laughs> <laughs> so so she starts stabbing uh, my friend's brother, and it's like clank, and she throws it on the ground while she's quote unquote burying the body, and it's like clank. okay okay sting stop that and at that point our characters were hiding in the bushes watching the whole ordeal and they were supposed to be bringing like a cat to the graveyard um to bring out ghosts or i don't know but so we have this cat stuffed animal and as we run away in fright i throw it into the air and literally a couple seconds later it comes back down (laughs) so I threw it up, like, clear into the sky, and it was just hilarious watching oh that. Oh, my God. I want to watch this stuff now. I want to watch and, uh, both of the things you both talked about. <laughs> and afterwards... I think mine actually is on YouTube. I have to see if, if mine ours ever got to be there. My friend still has them. But And then we did a stop-motion animation at the very end with her Star Wars Legos, and uh, uh-huh. it was essentially C-3PO and R2-D2. And, you know, C-3PO was going, you know, no animals oh were oh harmed dear. in the making uh, of this film. And what? And R2-D2 is like, <laughs> and it's like, wait, what do you mean that some were? And you see uh, the Imperial shuttle come down and there are a bunch of stormtroopers and it crushes all but one. And the last stormtrooper is like, yeah, I survived. And then uh, we have the, the ominous music and the uh, the door uh, just like comes down right on top of him, and Darth Vader walks down. He's like, "And I am the producer." And it was just like weird. We were weird, okay, but it was all stop motion. It was so much fun to do. And I think at the end of another video, or no, that was his her brother's video. He had a a news report with an X wing on fire, and the fire was made out of paper. <laughs> He he did a much better stop motion where uh, the pilot of the X-Wing came out of his vehicle and uh, was on fire. The fire was changing at every moment. And he was like running around in circles and stuff and then turned into a pile of ash. And it's just like, ah, we were trying to capture that, but we weren't quite as uh, as good as he was. But yeah. Should have gone to film school. I don't know. I don't know. Stop motion. Mm. Pretty time-consuming stuff. Like, 
<laughs> like the lowest of low art of film school, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> well, I... I'm, I'm trying Take to think of... Take that Wallace and Gromit creators of Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> and Chicken what Run. What about, about all the Tim Burton stuff, though? Like, that's, that's intense. Well, Tim Burton's definitely low-quality film school. <laughs> hmm? Hmm. I Wait, imagine you, that you film like school that I... is just, like, black and white, like, shots of, like, somebody <laughs> just, like, looking at a vase. <laughs> and then, like, a cut to, like, like, them, like, passed out in a gutter. And then a cut to them, like, watering the plants in the vase. And then a cut to them passed <laughs> out in the gutter. And then a cut back to them, like, throwing the vase out a window. And then a title card that just says, like, Bean. No. And then... A question mark. Do you think teachers enjoyed these film assignments? Oh hell just, no! Just to just to have, <laughs> you know, the I know that kids like the film assignments in a way. Aside from you know the actual filming and editing process, oh, oh, trying to in, get it in together. High school and stuff. I when thought you meant like assign, the shit I just described. Oh when no, 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 no! I was talking about middle school and high school. It's because they don't want to produce uh, actual. They're mostly overworked. Yep. They just want they time want... off, basically. So they just like, hey, we're doing speeches this month. You get, that'll take up a week. Everyone doing speeches. <laughs> it is true. It take up several days of a class going through everyone's videos. Yeah, oh, it yeah, took, yeah. I oh, think yeah. it took my class like a week. It, would, it was it very recognizable pattern weeks. that every high school class I took near the end, like the last week or two would just not be classes. Like, yep, they, they just, just like, okay, we're going to do rolling presentations and... We're going to do two presentations a day. And I was like, please be last, please be last, please be last. And then <laughs> and I have first. an S of last name. So I was always last. And I was like, yes. We oh. have to do a, I have a B friend? for a last name. A B-A. She had to, she had to do a cat food commercial. <laughs> I don't even know how this was. commercial? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, what class it was for. But it was funny because cat we had to lace the cat's class. cat food with uh, catnip cat in class. order to lure. We, we had to... We had to lure the cat to the food because she refused to perform for the camera. Uh, that but probably violates a law. <laughs> nah, it certainly sounds unethical. Catnip is totally cool. Well, okay, oh, yeah. so she wasn't no. actually advertising uh. for that particular food. She was catnip creating a faux acid. food for the class. Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It'd but be it was like funny. If, uh, a Jane Silent Bomb <laughs> movie was filmed and they were just like. If you do a good job in the scene, we'll give you some heroin. <laughs> Jesus. I remember for the credits, I had, brought, now. I had brought one of our really old Tom Jones uh, cassette tapes to like plays. It's the what's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's yep. new, pussycat? Yeah, that song. <laughs> pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, those are the good old days. No. Yeah. Now everybody <laughs> sucks. Somebody needs to try to draw a flow chart of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up. Um, we were talking about uh, you uh, at your bachelor I, party. Oh boy. The guy at one point with I was like, I got a segue. One to talk about a repetitive game. Animals, I can transition to my repetitive game. And that was like 40 minutes trees, ago. Yeah. Uh, 
video games, how it would work for blind and Don't deaf players playing video games. Sorry, I, I have a good it memory. It would take so long. <laughs> Welcome to the second half of this podcast episode where we recap the first half. <laughs> Detail. Sorry. Second half of the last podcast episode will now be the first recording. half of the podcast, but backwards. <laughs> okay, well, I've actually, I, I've actually been doing that in D and D, where I have like little recaps, and I'm just like, this is like the hammiest shit, but I really like it, so I'm gonna Dude, keep doing well, it. Well, <laughs> you think I fucking remember what happened between a week of D and D? Like, I'm not taking notes. If you if you didn't do that, I am like, You notes. are taking some notes, and that you literally yeah. take notes on your character to play the game. Oh yeah. Okay, let me look at that. Like, oh yes, Greg have great axe. Where it came from, I don't know. <laughs> What are previous notes? Oh, yes, don't fuck with Greg. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep tab of how much gold I have, and then I have to account for all your gold with my gold. I account, I account for my gold myself. Oh, wait, no, I shouldn't. Ha, Shell's turn. Shell, uh, I'm not even going to keep track of it. Shell has to deal with it. And if she doesn't do a good job, then Greg's going to be pissed. <laughs> It's called roleplay, right? I think I only sure. have 2,500 of your gold. Well, okay? you're going to have... Yeah, you do only have 2,500, so... Of um, your gold and of Keith's gold, because that would be too much so for you guys to So if I go to, to the carry. store and I'm like, I would like to buy this piece of bubble gum for 13 bronze. You gotta ask uh, for it like you're asking for mom's allowance. Ellerin. Can I have some bubble gum? No, you just had bubble gum. But I, no, we I didn't. bubble gum at home. You can't prove that. <laughs> That's the conversation I hear every time children are in stores is they ask for stuff, and then this mom, the mom's always like, "We have that at home. We just need to get home, and you have it." And they're just they're, then they start throwing a tantrum because they can't have it now. Okay. What are the, the worst tantrums you've ever witnessed in public? Adults. Yeah. Adults. <laughs> adults. Okay. Yeah, adults show the show the worst tantrums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you sound like you had something to say? Oh, I just <laughs> children. Um, I think he's just no. drifting through space now. <laughs> no, I've uh I I mean I'm I'm just playing Dreadmore while you guys converse about things that Whoa, I that's an older gener- one. Yeah. Dungeons of Dreadmore. Well, yeah, why not? Man, I hate that game's art. It's awful, but it's better than that's... it's better than Mid Boss. They have, they have <laughs> caterpillary caterpillar eyebrows. Yeah. Um, I mean the game's art never gets worse than its actual promotional art, which is the worst. It's true. Because the, the, the banner art is like, oh, I hate looking it's, at you. So this is an interesting problem with roguelikes. Why are your eyebrows credit cards? Oh, right. <laughs> this fucking... Oh. It's, it's honestly one of the best roguelikes on the market, period. It just... I just noticed it's that ugly as you've an entourage sin. of animals with I think hearts it's the first roguelike fluttering I ever after them. Uh, Was this made in, in RPG Maker version 2 or something? I don't know. But like in in reality, it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Actually, really impressive. They made it in the Time Splitters two level creator. Has there ever been a hit <laughs> game made with a pre generated game creator system? Of course. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tons of uh, RPGs. Honestly, uh, <laughs> Risk, Risk of Rain was Game Maker. Really? Yeah. A ton oh. of games are game. Well, I don't think he's talking about. Um, I don't think she's talking about just making it in a maker program because that's pretty common. But I mean, I think she means like the, using the uh, the existing assets. Oh, like yeah. Like oh. every, like every infamous Unity shitty horror game, like uh, that werewolf one or the or Slenderman, which was just a, yeah. all the prefab forest mecha- uh, crap, and then one really badly modeled Slenderman that teleports oh. around it. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I remember right, wasn't uh. Wasn't it like on or something like that? 
That was an RPG Maker game. Though I off. guess they had their own assets. Oh, off. There we go. Sorry. Off. Wrong direction. I would say there's, there's probably a ton of games that are RPG Maker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I keep I keep getting these like emails from developers being I mean, like, Check all you out- have to do is type RPG Maker into the browser, um, into the browser of search. Uh, I mean, into the search bar of uh, Steam, and you just get hundreds of games. <laughs> Yeah, this is like ton like on the Steam. recent the recent darling one shot that people are a big fan of. I think yeah, it's another RPG maker game. Hmm. I, I think I got a key of, for that. I was tempted to play it. I was thinking huh. of the uh, anime dating game variety <laughs> kind of games oh. with the oh, uh, oh there's, with oh, the oh, there's and stuff. like oh there, there's a there's dearth uh, of games. There's a there's absolutely like formula uh there's there's prefab formula programs for like making programs where two porters just talk at each other, and then there's mm-hmm. also uh, Twine games. Twine is a whole uh, engine for just yeah. having uh, basically a choose your own adventure story where you click on highlighted text that makes you go to the next page based on decisions. Right. Yeah. So I want to make tons a Twine ways. game that like. What happens is that, like, what happens visually and what happens in the story starts to diverge after a little while. Oh. So you start seeing things that, like, until it's braid. real. And it, yeah, I want it to be just like where your decisions, like, I don't know. It's a, it's just like a, a cute idea I've had of where, like, you make these decisions and your character, like, doesn't actually like follow through on them. Like, it's, if they're like, if they don't have the confidence to do it, they do something else, and then like. Huh. Just stuff just doesn't like work out, and you see like inner dialogues as opposed to like actual people talking to each other. I don't know. Very vague a, ideas that I want to put into like an actual Twine game. If I felt like I played doing a Twine it, I guess. game on my channel called uh, "This Book Is a Dungeon" that was functionally like a Lovecraftian dun- dungeon crawler uh, Twine game, <laughs> where like you'd be like summon you'd be like su- looking through like cultist books to figure out how to summon a demon by its name based on its its uh characteristics and like or like going through rooms where horrible things would just happen if you did the wrong things and and all this weird demented shit was going down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's there's everything's out there every type of game exists now we did it <laughs> <laughs> we won the internet and all the games I'm looking are, through a lot happening. of these uh RPG maker games a lot of a lot, of, a lot of very scantily clad women. Oh. A lot of very badly drawn portraits, because that's the part they have to draw. Yeah, My personal of... favorite are all of the people that are trying to recapture the magic of Undertale by trying to be Undertale a second time around. Oh, oh yeah. God. That happens. Have you played any, like, Undertale knockoff no. copycat games yet? Any, anytime, anytime somebody sends me a copycat game, unless it's, like, very obvious that they've put a lot of, like work and love into it beyond just like now, remaking how, Undertale. Then, how would it no. be a copycat game? Is it like the similar the mechanics, very similar looking writing, uh some have like straight up the same battle system and I'm like, I did you try? No? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> on the topic um, of cop- copycat stuff, there's actually been some interesting things going on because uh remember we talked about before about games that seem to just blatantly copy paste banner saga like it's yeah. to the point of being weird mm-hmm. huh. there are now like two or three games out there that have the art style general turn-based strategy stuff grid layout per- camera perspective parallax scrolling everything like all the every single element of by banner saga pretty much there's like two or three games like that already but mm-hmm. what got weird 
is then, uh, I haven't played it, so I can't confirm what it's like exactly to tell for sure, but the uh, Stoic just published a game made by one of the founders of the company, and that's, mm-hmm. which, you know, those are the people that made Banner Saga. They made a game called Killers and Thieves, which looks distressingly like another game, which is like, oh, now they're now they're making games that look weird like other games. It's weird how that happened when they were the ones that were getting copied so hard. Because this their game looks Killers and Thieves looks identical to this War of Mine to a weird level. Oh really? Huh. Like if I yeah. actually played it, I don't know if it would feel the same, but like all the way down to the interface and like walking through like side scrolling multi floor uh houses and like having little pickup icon things show up as you're walking by all the interactions and then having the top left corner be a series of portraits with stats next to them that look like a piece of paper sticking out and like going Uh. around and like the the having like a top-down view of the entire city to choose your missions then go into your side-scrolling multi-floor like scavenging missions i'm like this is weird this is genuinely weird it's really difficult when it comes to like creative work because i remember uh reading articles about this where people are concerned about one of their characters being copied or the plot to their story, yada, yada. And obviously there are coincidences and then there are people that are like, hey, this looks really cool or this works. And then they implement it into their own piece and they might tweak it a little bit. And I think there's like crazy percentages of it has to be 80% different or something like that. But how can you really I'm still more okay with copycats than like people just straight up lifting games. What games have been straight up lifted? I uh, there was that Hotline Miami clone, wasn't it? Yeah, the Russian oh, one. Like, there's like five like Telephone now. Moscow or something like that. Or, <laughs> yeah. or not. This is the police, but some similar name of like there's some cop game where you where you're busting through houses top down and the whole camera swaying with you and all that stuff's happening just like in Hotline Miami. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's a lot. You get a lot of copycats whenever something does well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially if it's like kind of a low barrier to entry, like an Undertale game. Oh, where, yeah, indie games? I mean, granted, the amount of love w- that was put into the art. Um, I mean, on how the surface, old is Gianna Sisters be- now? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Huh. Actually, um, I've been following this one artist who does a lot of work for this game called uh, Shardbound. I think. I checked that Janice Sisters is older than me. (laughs) And I just wanted to bring it up because supposedly it was trying to implement a way for uh, viewers on your Twitch stream to give you like points or or material towards helping your armies fight against your opponents and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like a card game. That sounds like just a shitty way. Like, if the game relies on your Twitch viewing to do well in it, then that's just like a really shitty marketing campaign to try to trick people into advertising their game. Yeah. Really? That's you actually, think so? That's, that seems really the, cynical, yeah. The, the Twitch interactivity? I don't know how far like the Twitch stuff goes, but it's like, let your watchers participate in the action. I mean, at it's this like, point, there's probably over 100 ex- Twitch-integrated games where you where it, it just follows the IRC chat and, and, and reacts to it in various ways. Actually, that's another thing. I've noticed that there are cheers now, and before people yeah, use... what the hell are those? It's it's a it's a tip. So somebody can cheer you, and you get like effectively. It's their uh, you get a small amount of currency. money. Yeah, because before I noticed like people were using points. people were using something called like Revlo, and well, actually Revlo I mean, is going under. It's, it's really yeah, it's really no different from um, just a standard donation, just with like a fancy animation and okay. So on and so forth. You also like earn badges, which I guess I should work on. Um, but I guess 
uh, I can't pull it up because I'm doing display capture, but I've made, I want to say about 40 bucks from Cheers. I know that Over some the, people now have like really months. obnoxious yeah. integrated animation things where like it's like a tip jar on the screen where the 3D oh, yeah. animated cheers are physically falling into the no well now now they have a giant cup that takes up a ton of the screen yeah where oh. a big yeah. animated cheer falls into the cup and bounces around with its own mm-hmm. like seemingly like procedurally generated like like a uh, uh, physics and everything like and it's and like stuff. it's such an yeah. irritating spectacle and but it's also the same one on like every channel as far as I can tell. Yeah, so well, it's usually it's because it's pre-made. Uh, you know, you can download it from uh, probably Streamlabs or or Twitch or Night Dev or something like that. And so everybody just uses the same <laughs> one. Uh, there's a uh, Night Dev has like a, a follow notifier. Speaking thing. of, there's a cheer. Yep. <laughs> um, Somebody hit the queue. Yep. Uh, so Night Dev, which is the people that made Nightbot, my moderating bot thing, uh, mm-hmm. they have like a follow notification and whatnot and you know it functions quite well actually but um but a lot of people just kind of use the default thing which is like a running zombie which looks Uh really painfully generic after uh, the nth time you've seen it uh so Mm -hmm. i will i will like see people doing it and it's supposed to like look super nice and fancy and i'm just like I don't think uh, I've ever watched any Twitch stream that featured any kind of like built-in uh, like notification thing that I didn't get t- sick of within that stream. Basically, yeah, yeah. Well, like the- people tend to just kind of put it right in the middle of everything, so I, you, like, it's I, just I, so distracting. I couldn't make it through like five minutes of a Brown Man stream. Yeah, like Ray Narvaez Jr. It's like he literally launches the stream and then it spends like the next like. 15 minutes going through the backlog of notifications that happened between streams and i'm like what Mm -hmm. the fuck it's just sounds playing over and over again and he's not people just want shout outs dude they just want shout outs it's so fucking weird it's why i can't it's why i stopped streaming is because people just want me to say their name all the time i'm like this is not what i want uh, shout out my boy um finstar over here he's been watching the stream the whole time i'd also like to give a shout out to moonloon over here he's been watching the stream for a little bit I also like to give a shout out to Nightbot. Oh, maybe not that guy. I'm also <laughs> gonna give a shout out. To- <laughs> I also like to give a shout out to. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Joe the Pirate! Thanks for saying that sentence you just said. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to smile anyway. for money. <laughs> yeah, give me money. Everybody's yeah. in my chat. Give me money. <laughs> it's that a- always drives me kind of bananas. Where it's just like. Do we exist to entertain, or do we ju- just exist to acknowledge your presence? Yeah, both. I guess I can kind of understand the acknowledge your presence thing, because like, now uh, does it does it get ever ever get difficult for you guys? I mean, I'm at the point where I'm pretty much just starting off with my online presence with things, and I take the time to respond to every single inquiry. I don't respond to every and- comment. I've I stopped I mean, that, that, that a long time ago. Mathematically impossible, even at relatively small sizes, like which I would. It's already yeah. basically impossible for me. I or, would like try well, and respond not, to specific series that I want people specifically to be paying attention to. Like to D and will try and respond to everything, just because you know I really want to encourage the most money interaction possible on that. But a lot of other series, like Dead Cells, for example, I'm just like, nope. Uh, I'll respond if it's like relevant. Yeah, I just uh, mm-hmm. there's no motivations behind mine really. I just kind of respond 
when I'm stricken to respond to what the comment mm. is in one way or another. And I'm more and more I'm more and more pushing myself to just never respond in many cases to uh forms of criticism and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you can't I've just been deleting almost, a lot of criticism. I don't really delete it. I delete like toxic, shitty, like un comments that are not reasonable to say to a person. <laughs> but yeah. uh mm -hmm. just general criticism I'd mostly just read and then move on. Because whenever I respond to people, it's no matter what my response is, it's immediately an argument, and they're immediately like it mm -hmm. immediately goes bad because like you can't Defensive. talk to people on the internet. It's so not great. <laughs> yep. And then then it, it always and like I don't want to like if they watch me at on a regular basis and stuff like that, and then I they have a criticism of some kind, and I respond to that, and then they take it as an argument, and they take it the wrong way, and then that's the ongoing thing. Like it's really only gonna. It only hurts everyone, for, in many cases, mm -hmm. for me to bother responding to certain comments. So mostly I answer questions, but only some questions. Definitely trying to never answer questions anymore when people keep asking me what I plan on playing, because they just they keep asking oh, it, yeah. and there's no localized place to answer it. So, they, so it'll keep <laughs> happening anyway. Th that's kind of an issue I have to the extreme with uh, streaming, because I will have somebody show up and be like, Wander, are you going to play uh, Injustice 2? And then I'll be like, no. And then they'll show up like 20 minutes later asking the same question. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. they missed the answer. Yeah, they, they missed didn't. the answer. At that point, wouldn't you want to maybe... It would almost seem like it would be beneficial for Twitch to have some kind of implementation but like, for, I you don't, know, it, on the docket tonight, we have this, it this, It actually and this. would be really nice to have that, and it's very yeah, annoying that they don't. A built-in calendar would be nice that I actually had, like, a tool for, because I really don't want to have to... Yeah, you know, manage that it way. Myself. We can just complain about them ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's why people look at the TV guide. They're like, what's coming on tonight? Do the I want TV to stick around guide. for this episode? Huh? <laughs> Twitch guide. I was thinking, like, experience, like, let's wait for it to scroll to the channel I want to know the future of. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be much more inclined to actually throw up a schedule if I knew people would actually see it. Uh, but, like, I tried it once with, like, a Google Calendar, and people would still be like, what are you going to be streaming tonight? And I'm like, check the calendar, and they're like, Let's Google I didn't Calendar feel like looking ass. at it. And it's I'm just like, well, not a fun application to use. <laughs> yeah. I use Google Calendar. I, I use it, sort of. I only use it as a note-taking thing, and that I manually, literally every video I upload, I manually enter into my calendar. Well, is your calendar... Because then I can tell when I'm making a mistake. So I, I have, like, levels of... Wait, have, no, your calendar your calendar is a spreadsheet though, right? Not a actual Google calendar. Calendar.google.com. Oh. Oh. I, I thought yours was a spreadsheet. So I have multiple. No, he just uses the I'm trying to explain view. that I have multiple levels of like self-checking. Mm -hmm. Uh because I have plenty of experiences back in sad games days of like videos mm -hmm. not going up the same day or actually being scheduled for the same time of the same day or like something not quite being checked correctly. So I have two things basically. One I have a physical grid paper pad that I I grabbed where I write down mm -hmm. on the x-axis, like, uh, on the, along the left side, I have the names of the games I'm playing right now, and along mm -hmm. the top of it, I have the days, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, just a letter written down and repeating across the page, and mm -hmm. I just take a Sharpie and I just color in the square of each uh, for each video I record for each game so I can tell how, how my schedule is. Like, that's what I refer to when I'm recording. To make sure I get what done that day, what needs to be done, and I can see what my general future looks like. But on the Google Calendar, I add them to the calendar in the moment where I actually upload it to my channel. 
Mm. So it's a second layer. It's, I a, used it's to. a slight redundancy, but it's also a way of checking yeah. whether or not there's any sort of conflicts or weird uh, issues. I that used come a up. similar system to that like a couple of years ago. Yeah. I still use a paper planner, but the sad thing about it is sometimes I just leave it to the wayside and don't write in it for days. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I go, oh, that's uh Yeah, an organizational a- tool is only as useful as your discipline in using it. Yeah, and people have told <laughs> me I can automate the thing where this, this where stuff goes, goes on the calendar. I'm like, that's not the point, though. The point is I'm manually doing it because that's how I check to see if anything's gone wrong. Well, is that I'm, other- this. I'm like, wait a minute, this is already here. What happened here? And I have to like, troubleshoot what happened in my schedule and stuff yeah. like that. My issue with the physical planner is I actually have a whiteboard planner with the days on it that's on the fridge. So mm-hmm. I use that for day-to-day tasks and uh, checking things off. The planner is more for like things that are in the future or things that I need to reference back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like a it would be like a more like a long-term planning as opposed to day-to-day. And unfortunately with us, we don't really have anything really planned for the distant future except for a couple of events and then it's like okay it's just day to day then you're just like i'm gonna get organized then you realize i have nothing to organize yeah i mean i have a list of projects i need to work on but i'm in the process oh, well, of like yeah we all got that <laughs> finishing one before progressing to the next one and yeah that's overrated so. That's that's the problem though. I I work on a couple projects simultaneously, so if I get frustrated with one, mm-hmm. I can cool off by doing another. But then there's the issue of, you know, but you just have to then everything's frustrating. Buck- so so you don't you ever to- get anything done. <laughs> then you have to buckle up and be like, I I need to push through and get this one like actually complete and then I have things that are 50 to 75% done that I can get done faster and then you get to this one phase where everything that you can work on is just at a phase of pure misery and you're like well i guess i'm doing nothing or (laughs) starting a brand new thing because every option is painful (laughs) well there's always what's your organization like wander do you uh i have a uh, or okay so i have a spreadsheet um Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part, I have a pretty good memory of, like, what episode I need when. Sometimes I'll forget. Mm-hmm. Um, On kind of regular weeks, I'll have a spreadsheet that I can just keep a hold of and just be like, okay, so I'm going to need, like, this episode this day. Weeks mm-hmm. like th- the past two weeks, pure chaos. I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, if I miss a video, I miss a video. I have more important things to do than, uh, you know, get... Yeah, and uh, I noticed that you uploaded part one of Bokita and then took like two weeks off before part two or something. Was uh, that, was that recording me, or, or rendering? A bit of both. Uh, so part of it is like it wasn't a series that did particularly well, so it wasn't like high priority. He sometimes lets poor ranking series just sort of fizzle. Well, or, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I already put out 10 videos a day and I know like to some degree I am putting out too much to begin with. Oh yeah, with. Old Man's Journey kicked Bokita's ass. Yeah. Uh, well, we had filmed. I had we had filmed Old Man's Journey and uh, uh, in like one sitting, and I already had it edited. Whereas Bokita came out on like a really bad day, and I just did it because I was tired, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a look at it." And you know, it was pretty enough that I wanted to play it, but maybe not for a second session. So sometimes I'll do like episode one and then rebrand mm-hmm. it as like a as more of kind of an impressions video later if I really didn't like it, which is what I did with uh, Starpoint Gen. Starpoint Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um because I know I just I don't have the time or the energy to sit down and do a series on it. Where there are other things where like the reception is so 
overwhelmingly positive that I'm like, well, I guess I'm just doing a second episode and then a full <laughs> series like um, Starcrawlers and uh, Midboss were such like positive reactions that I was just like, well, I guess I know what I'm playing. Um, but so, so basically, just kind of wing it. It seems kind of like I'm mm-hmm. I'm in that midpoint where like. It's important that I get out the video a day, but if I miss one, it's okay. And if, like, it really drops off, it's probably also okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some times when people are, like, not okay with it. Like, um, Fury, I just stopped putting videos up, and I still get people being like, continue Fury. And I'm like, where, wh- what? Where did you come from and why? <laughs> you you rank high on searches pretty often. I know. And I, I've actually had to start disabling comments for things like Fury. I probably should do it with Fury because I'll get people demanding like more episodes than other people that are just like so absolutely like. Um, You're terrible at this. Why yeah. do you suck at video games? Yeah, oh, yeah. When I go into Incognito and search Let's Play Fury on uh, YouTube, I get me, then Gaum, then me again, a few other channels. Then it's then yeah, you're on you're on the first page. I I actually will admit sometimes uh, if. I know I'm playing a game that I don't like, and you're also on the front page. Uh, like, if I only kind of like it, and I know you're on the front page, too, I will I, actually stop you're just a like, Let's Play. Have it. <laughs> I'll like, yeah, Keith, Keith can have this, because I think he'll Your like Lord, it a lot more I than I do. I am the whole front page. This is For weird. Fury? Uh, I, think my ent- I think I might have all ten episodes of my no, series on the too. front page. Nice. Three. Has there ever? Oh, I suppose we've talked about like series that have defined you, at least in the uh, online sense. Potatoes oh. and scrap mechanic. I freaking I'm only missing Chroma Squad and six out of my entire ten episode series on the front page. <laughs> whenever the fir- anybody the asks me, was my playlist. Whenever anybody asks me about like the series that defines me, I just say Chroma Squad. I'm not joking. That game's amazing. But does that really define you? I thought it'd really be scrap know. mechanic. I mean, probably, <laughs> you just mean, but I you just mean you liked it. it yeah. That's <laughs> that different was such from a, what the topic well, was. No, 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 no. It was like such a quintessential let's play for me that like, mm. if anybody wants to see a series that is like me, I'd say Chroma Squad would be a very uh, good example. Mine would probably be Legend of Grimrock 2. I suppose you ha- could just have to do... Visiting. Yes. The incognito one... Uh, method where you see where you rank compared to other people. I've stopped doing that. That those are the that is the depths of madness for me. Oh, if I never, do that, because I... it's chaos. It's like random number yep. generator response where you don't yeah, know what's causing you, it and you can't you do basically anything about don't. It. Yeah, you have yeah, no idea what's going to give you success. I noticed that there's so, relevance and then I mean, there's if we knew, then we'd win at it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I mean, to some degree, we we are actually doing fairly well uh, at it. I don't know. Um, uh, but so when I, when I had my consultation with the, uh, the lady from YouTube, uh, she kind of spelled it out. A lot of it has to do with watch time, actually. Like the, mm-hmm. the main reason why they rank people is because, uh, people watched those episodes through to the end and then kept watching on YouTube. And mm-hmm. so if, uh, if people only stick around for like a couple minutes of yours, uh, the only reason why like those videos you. rank yeah. well is because um, they it shows have how so great many binging, views. How much of a of have YouTube is binging now? Because like sometimes the mm-hmm. top results are just playlists. Oh yeah, oh, I, yep. right. Because then people well, can they, just jump they from get one to the next. 
because they want to get people to stay on the website for as long as possible. Yeah, to get more ads. That's the entire reason yep. why animation just just died was because they switched to this kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And to be fair, actually working out quite well for YouTube. They're oh, yeah. making a little bit more money. Yeah. Which is to yeah. say they're hemorrhaging less money. It's one of those things but... where it also incentivizes certain behavior types because like Fury is yep. a, in a regular series for me in that uh, I, every video was just a boss fight and that was because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was intentionally giving myself time because the boss fights took often longer than the video to uh, mm-hmm. actually turn out to be to to beat the boss because a lot of them were actually mm-hmm. relatively difficult and I would figure out how to edit that afterwards. Uh, so some of these videos are like 14 minutes long, which is super reg- mm-hmm. irregular for my channel, but it's one of the most successful playthroughs on my channel. So it's like that kind of stuff yeah. incentivizes people to change how they run their channels when they see those kinds of trends and some people do and some people don't and that defines how you approach all of YouTube, I suppose. Yeah. Now, is mm-hmm. that why they initially had things where, oh, videos could only be 15 minutes or people lose interest after 10 or... Well, people do lose interest after 10. That's always been true. 10, minutes, 10 is... minutes fits into the breaks that people have in their normal daily lives. Yeah. Right. 15, 10, yeah. People have lunch breaks or recess at school and so on and so forth, or they have bus rides and stuff like that. Pomodoro, yeah. Yep. They're just looking for distractions for a brief little bit, and that that hurts, that affects the uh, analytics of every single video out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's totally fair. I'm not going to demand mm-hmm. people only watch the video when they have time for it. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I actually recently, I mean, you guys know this, but we changed D&D around, so now it's uh, two, like, one session turns into two episodes, and some people were like, I don't like this, and then a lot of other people would be like, "Thank you." Yeah, and so it's yeah, like we're taking yeah. like the three minute, the three hour recording and cutting it into like an hour and fifteen, an hour and twenty yeah. per video and stuff like that. <laughs> it also makes no, it a lot no easier to like make, render. It's going to make I some appreciate. people happy and some people unhappy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm sure it cuts down your render time by a lot. <laughs> One other person said they liked it because uh, they like. Even though it's the same amount of content, the idea of getting two episodes instead of one is, like, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the little I, things that get, get you going, I guess. I suppose that's one of those, like, the quantity gives, like, perceived value They get the two-time Greg. They yeah. get <laughs> twice as much Greg on single D. Yeah, I suppose, well, was it... different days. When you guys had to watch a television series as, like, say, a kid growing up, uh, I mean, it was just, there was always that rush for, ah, the Saturday morning cartoons. It was oh, only yeah. once a Saturday week morning cartoons kind of thing. Great. I find they that, were great. I miss them. I find that when uh, suck. a show yeah. is on multiple days of a week, sometimes you you just miss an episode and that's it. It's like, oh, no, I'm an episode or two off. It's not well, just it, that it, they... S- I mean, if that's happening, there it's reruns anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no true. Show has, no, no show has you're, ever had, like, daily videos for its entire season. It's not that they suck. It's that it's literally the same stuff, like, from when we were a kid. It's still, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. It's, <laughs> but it's now ridiculous. their hair is more spikier. <laughs> oh, it's I, so I would like to bad. see what the new, Yu-Gi-Oh! like, Fox up. Kids lineup They don't have it's, much. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Yeah. Those have tr- transcended time. And a reboot yeah. of Ben 10. Yep. Probably. Again. And like really cheap like 3D cartoons, yeah. Brought to you by mm-hmm. Zach Efron or something. Brought like he's producing them or Our references what? for young people are outdated because they're old now. Yeah, really. <laughs> ah, those kids, they're like they're bop it. Uh, oh. Fidget spanners. 
I also noticed that there's a number of these series that have become mini episodes on, say, like websites and whatnot. Like people actually have to visit websites in order to acquire. Yeah, well, there's really short frustrating. Well, I hate that. It, <laughs> it is frustrating, but uh, it's interesting watching TV try and like modernize. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do a bad job. Yeah, they do a bad job. Like I was going to mention this. I'm really happy that Netflix has been. Um, such a uh, a changing force, I guess. I'm glad the Netflix uh, shows never to ask me to download the app so I can follow <laughs> along with the app on the show. I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. off. Keep up with all the latest uh, Walking Dead craze with the Walking now, Dead app. You'll never fully did- understand Walking Dead unless you download a special app that tells you nothing. <laughs> what did they used to call it? A DVR or something where... People couldn't be home for an episode, and then they go, okay, you know, I will tell Mm -hmm. my device to record this episode so that I can watch it later. That's a digital video recorder, I think. And uh, now you can just go back and access it through... I mean, I think think more people... Tons of people still use DVRs. Uh, Really? Nowadays, if you even have cable, which I don't know anyone who does, so I have to do research by, like, finding older people that still have it somewhere. But, like... They're on their cable. Bo- their cable box usually is a DVR nowadays. Like yeah. You just tell it right. what you want to record, in. and it'll auto record your show. Like when I when I still lived with my at my dad's house, I would just be like, "Oh yeah, just record Walking Dead," and it would just find Walking Dead and record it on its own. <laughs> yeah, Carl's mm-hmm. aunt and uncle uh, actually had one at their place when we were visiting for the holidays, and it was interesting seeing uh, how. Some it, it somehow had a library of episodes that had aired that day or previous mm-hmm. days. And I don't know if it was necessarily anything that they specifically told it to record or if the channel itself had just kept a directory of what had aired that day and what you could view at any time at your leisure. I mean, I suppose if you're paying for the service, it would make sense. But it's like, huh. I mean, people really do want to watch things at their own convenience now rather than, you know, scheduled uh, times. It was, it was really watch. It was weird watching how certain dynamics would, would come out because they had the DVR functionality, but they also had on-demand functionality and the two would butt heads a lot hmm. where you could search. You'd basically go into your, your, your guide in your, in your provider and you would search the name of a show and you'd basically have two different options, which is like one of them is on demand, which is that you could try to just mm-hmm. buy it. Usually, usually you rarely, you rarely have the ability to get just for free on demand, but also oh, you could get it. Yeah. You could also just queue it to record. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, I'm going to watch it right now on demand, you'd be like, oh, I'll just queue it to record. And the exact same show will happen at me. But later, <laughs> basically, it was like <laughs> it, it was like the equivalent mm-hmm. of having like like uh the ability to watch something right now on Netflix or get well. The do you want to pay ten bucks to go free. to a movie theater, or do you want to wait for it to come out on DVD and rent but, it? But somehow get for free because <laughs> they would just come in the mail. Because mm-hmm. that's right. what, that's what DVR feels like. It just shows up on your thing. Like, oh, it's here now. I didn't pay this. I mean, you technically paid for it because you paid for cable, even though they show you ads. Because this whole thing is a nightmare. But. It was really weird to have two options that are basically like it was just came down to impulse. Like, do you want to pay for mm-hmm. the demand version now or just DVR it, and the same thing will happen and it will just arrive in your DVR's inbox basically like later today or tomorrow or something when it when it airs again. And how does that work with like pre-orders for say video games, especially when you're gambling on a product that you don't know will be 
Video games? Uh, good. In the end. I don't know. What's the, what's the relationship in the, in the conversation? Um, How do we get... The relationship of, like, getting things uh, early access or before release and then uh, waiting for, like, it to come out later when the reviews have come through and the price has drastically dropped, potentially, what's depending the, on how well it What's the question? I just, like, just if that, like, mentality also cues into that, you know, being the first, getting it now before later... Like people want to be in the zeitgeist, I guess. I don't know. It, I mean, it's, I don't know what the question is. Talk, <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. You didn't explain it very well, Shell. But we're also <laughs> terrible to like speak about with this because we have to be first. So it's you have to. Yeah, yeah. We're like we literally we don't know. I mean, I'll I'll be vocal that... about I'll be vocal on a regular basis about not supporting pre-order culture because it doesn't make sense anymore. Pre-order culture mm-hmm. was a thing you did when you were, there was physical goods that were going to arrive at a specific store and only so many would be there and they would run out. Yeah. Right. Video games yeah. don't do that anymore. First of all, you can buy them Consoles all online do, nowadays and it's no big deal. Like almost every People game are... is just almost every game can be purchased digitally in infinite quantities, so there's no such People thing are... as scarcity anymore, but at the same time, the actual hardware of discs is so easily produced that they don't really run out of hot new games on release ever anymore. I noticed that I still have friends, you know, congratulating themselves. Oh, I was finally able to get my my hands on a Switch. And I'm like, wait, how many months has it been? Oh, yeah, like that's they, the one uh, they rare just had exception. Up production like, like a hardware because, launch. Yeah. That's a thing to pre-order because yeah. hardware actually has to be made and it, it's yep. expensive to create. And not only is it a matter of like how long and expensive it is to make, but also like the companies will intentionally cap how much they make and then release Scarcity. it and then gauge mm-hmm. how it's sold to figure out how much more to make. Because if they don't do that, people... Then like they people, have a lot of surplus. Like, people, get, uh, people give uh, Nintendo shit a lot for this, for hardware shortages. And I mm-hmm. don't know if it's entirely deserved because... Uh, Nintendo is weird because they're like the, one, they're like the only uh, video game company that actually usually operates at a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm. Sony and Microsoft are mega corporations, and they do this weird multi-arm thing where, like, it's part of our Microsoft ecosystem. So, like, they're, they don't right. they don't care if the Xbox One doesn't make it's money for five theater, years. They make their money on uh, accessories and video game licensing. So they sell every console at a loss, and they ma- they lose tons of money in their entire department. But like, they just hope their whole company just works out eventually. They're all these convoluted <laughs> things. But mm-hmm. Nintendo is just video games, basically, and they operate at a profit because they're just they're generally doing this whole thing smartly and. Because that's their whole business and everything, it's they they're doing the right thing generally with their shortages and stuff like that, so they can do it wave mm-hmm. by wave and make sure it works out. Because if you don't do that, you end up like that company, uh, THQ. Yeah, yeah. THQ created a physical <laughs> goods device. They made the UDraw tablet yeah. for the Wii, and it sold super well among that specific casual audience that loves con- controller gimmicks, which is what the Wii was. Then they ported it in massive scale to the Xbox 360 and PS3. Never sold practically any of them. It occupied every shelf like the fucking Tony Hawk ride controller does. And (laughs) the entire company went under. A company that's known for so many franchises died because of a peripheral game you never heard of called Mm -hmm. U-Draw that had Pictionary on it. Yep, um, and that's mm-hmm. before you know it, they're auctioning off Saints Row and they're auctioning off Darksiders and and Red Faction because their entire be company's dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, because somebody else owns Dark it. Darksiders three, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like all those it's, all those companies are owned by different people now because THQ went under. 
it's so yeah. interesting he- hearing about like THQ Nordic oh, as yeah. a mm-hmm. thing. I'm just like, wait, so like a company willingly named themselves after THQ? The failed company. Yeah. I mean I mean it's no, it's totally it's legacy. a good idea. Yeah. Nordic was known as this um uh as They were previously Nordic Games GmbH. <laughs> yeah. Well GmbH is a German it's a it's basically limited in America. You can think about it that way. Yeah, so they were they were straight up a company that was just called Nordic Games. Yeah. That's been around since nineteen ninety. Oh. Yeah. Uh the thing is Nordic had a uh had kind of a bad rep for just publishing it was kinda of, they were kind of like uh even garbagier version hire. of Focus Home. Mm. It, it, like as far as uh European publishers go, it goes like Ubisoft, Datalik, Focus Home, and uh and then Nordic kind of I look at Focus Home Interactive and I immediately just see work work uh what does it work to hire just over and over and over again? A Game of Thrones, Battlefront, uh, Gothic. And I'm like, yep, this is a. Uh, it's just like, here, you'll take our IP and make a game out of it. It looks like Nordic but, was like the people that would publish like Arcania and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But they and would M- generally MX publish. versus ATV. Farming Simulator. <laughs> oh, and this Farming is the police simulator. to bring it back to previous topic. This is yes. starting to make me wonder how this next Darksiders is going to turn out. I honestly Are it might be okay, acquire, it might not. Did they acquire any of the mm-hmm. original yeah, team? They have most of the team. Not okay. all of them. Honestly, mm-hmm. most of the upper end of the team went off to make Battle Chasers, which I'm looking forward to. Huh. Um, okay. but uh, I mean, the bar is pretty like kind of average <laughs> height, so it should be okay. Mm-hmm. Weren't we going to go back through not, those it's games? Okay. Yeah, probably. Okay. So we have time for one question. Yes. Maybe we should get through one. Oh, I, I never get heard even before talk about a video game. <laughs> I don't think it's fine. Pick a question about a video game, then answer it. I, I don't have a question. You're in control of your own destiny. I was staring at my topics list. Okay, well, fine. You should have Pick told your us the topic. topics list. I here, asked it before. Here, let's, I told let's, you. The, I told you. No, no, no. We let's, asked it about the bachelor week, party, and then we started next, talking about next grass week. We are doing students as many questions as we can, and no podcast. Clear out the queue. Okay. Yeah, that's a huge. There's huge so many. We can just do them point. all in the order. We can just literally read them all in order and just say pass if we don't want to. If we don't want to bother with them, that's Sounds fine. Let's go. Next week. Okay. Is, there's Pick a lot Keith, of next week. Draw. Keith, talk about your feelings or whatever the hell it was you wanted to do. <laughs> I just wanted to give that's an a good way to introduce someone to a topic. Just, right, is <laughs> condescend at them just as for like hard 90, as you can. For the last ninety minutes, I've been trying to break in and uh, to give an update on the Neo situation. <laughs> Like, all the way back oh. when he was talking about his roguelike. Yeah. Because I, I was talking about a repetitive game, and I'm like, I literally can't ever... There's so many moments in my That's audio, audio form where I make like a, talking about I make like a uh, sound. Uh, either mid-boss or I was going to talk about Dead Let's talk about a little You're bit. You're streaming so. your... <laughs> no, okay, go, 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 go. Keith, oh. Keith, you have the floor. So to recap what happened before, like, Neo is a very Souls-like-ish game made by the Ninja Gaiden developers, and... Back in the day, me and uh, a long time ago, at this point, freaking uh, Andrew and Wander and I played it in the like the beta in co-op, and it mm. was like a really intuitive thing because you would just join, you would just join each other in a lobby and matchmaking, and be like, "Let's play dot mission next," and you would just play the missions in the game, and it was really straightforward. And mm-hmm. so our co-op series died immediately when the real game came out, and they stripped that feature out of it. Mm. <laughs> it still had lobbies, but you could literally only play levels you've beaten before, which. 
So like we'd have to meet up every time we beat any level to play against. So like it just it died immediately because it meant mm-hmm. playing levels that we'd already played while being over leveled for them because we already have all the experience and it was a weird nightmare. So I proceeded to play the entire game over over the next few months. And I think I brought up before the criticism of like, like the fact that like it goes way too heavy into becoming a dungeon crawler in like the worst ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the game is super heavy into loot grinding and like everything you're is dropping is just five hundred different copies of the same katana but with different numbers on them constantly mm-hmm. so every mission you're com- every time you finish a mission you're comparing 20 items against each other to see which one's the betterest one and mm-hmm. so almost immediately i just stopped caring i'm like this one has the highest attack value i'm going with that one because all the nuance of how it has a one percent chance of respawning my ninjutsu or something like doesn't matter because i'll get a new one next mission too and i'll be able to replace it already Diablo. you know any amount any extent to which the special stats matter who cares but my mm-hmm. biggest gripes with the game uh were that it has like shitty blobby level design where like there's like three levels that are like real proper souls like like non-linear open up all these doors from behind and shortcuts and all this stuff going on like you'd expect from like a metroidvania type thing but the vast majority of the levels are like just these blobby hallways like when you're playing it starts to feel like you're playing like a diablo level where you're like oh as i run around this level's going to generate around me and i don't know what it'll look like but i can't but also i know exactly what it'll look like because it'll all look the same and just be vague directions to go in and probably the worst offender of the game was actually the fact that once you're like a third of the way into the game it just stops adding new monsters yeah it's so not even a third same, it's like super early on you just start fighting the same monsters for the entire duration of the game like forever and it's like what like this game's so long and so padded and every side mission has you playing the level you just played but backwards where you spawn into the you spawn into the boss chamber and then play back to the place where you spawned in, in the original story mission. So you're just playing the same levels in reverse as new content with massive air quotes while fighting the mm-hmm. same monsters slightly remixed in different positions again and stuff like that. Like it's really, it gets super mindlessly repetitive. And so the, I only really kept through with it because at least every level would end with a boss fight and the boss fights were generally new. You will also mm-hmm. play almost any Souls-like, with the exception of anything yeah. by uh, well, Deck know, 15. If nothing else, your audience kind of expects something when you get when you yeah. play a certain thing enough. That's why people keep asking me to play the Surge right now. Uh, but then the Nintendo, so like the sanctity of the of the series of the game was at least that every level would end with a new boss fight. That was new, like a new thing that they made from scratch again. Uh, that the sanctity of that was ruined when the DLC came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Also, uh, if you played side missions in that game, they would recycle boss fights. So if you play through the game from front to back, you fight on Ryoki like eight times. So that's pretty rough. But once you get to the DLC, uh, they add three new missions to the game, and then like s- several more side missions that are just those three missions repeating over and over again, which is already a little rough for uh, like a I think it was like a ten fifteen dollar DLC or something. Uh, they make two two new enemies. And that not only is that all the new enemies for the entire DLC, not counting bosses, but that they quickly decided that they're playing a DLC for this game. They're not going to want to see old content. So that means they stripped all of the other monsters out of the game. Okay. So for these three levels, you're fighting two boss. They're fighting two enemies at a at a vaguely random order, just over and over again. Uh-huh. There's, uh-huh. there's a soldier whose head turns into a snake, and then there's a big old uh-huh. like guy that's vaguely like the Tengu, basically. Just a big, long-reach, swift attacker-type dude. And those are, like, the two 
enemies of the DLC, aside from <laughs> very rarely, every now and then a level will have an ice variant of an existing enemy, like an ice cyclops, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, almost, it's, it's this game where I just gauntleted through 56 episodes of just doing the same thing over and over again, hoping the next boss fight makes up for it. And then you get to a DLC where every level is just me fighting two enemies over and over again, which you almost immediately are like, okay, I figured out my strategy for this guy. Oh, it's more of him, huh? Okay. I'll just keep Hmm. doing this for four more hours. But then they broke the deal that we had. We had a deal. These levels would end with boss fights that would make up for the part where I did put up with all the other games bullshit, like the cool tiger boss fight or new way or other things like that. Like there's cool shit in the main game for the, for the boss fights. This DLC has one cool boss fight, basically. Mm. There's one guy who's a centipede man in that his arm, from like arm to arm, is a centipede, basically. And the rest of him mm. is a samurai man. So he's doing these weird, like, he'll switch between doing like samurai style, like attack swings and then doing ridiculous, like, rolls and like at midair, like, weird swings of his super long centipede arms and crap. Like, he has a oh. custom moveset, like you'd expect, expect from a boss fight. But then. There are three more boss fights, one of which is some lackey that I've forgotten the name of already, one of which is kind of a big deal for this kind of fiction. It's it's Date Masamune, like the guy with the fucking crescent uh, samurai helm that they always mm-hmm. li- like like to mythify, mythify in all of these uh, video games that go through the era like samurai warriors and whatnot. And then a girl, some girl named Maria that's, this game's obligatory, the West is actually corrupting Japan, which is how the main game ended too. Uh, it's a Wait, Span- what? She's a Spanish girl. Uh, yeah, the, huh. the main in the, in the main campaign, uh, you're you're going through Japan, but you're you're from Ireland and you're defending Japan from a guy that some some evil white guy you find in London. So it's like all the both the hero and the villain are white, but you're going through Japan for it, and it's like it's like slightly troubling in some in some ways, but I'm not really bothered by it. It's just I'm just mostly just a la- laugh at the idea that like it's like oh it's literally like the, the problem and the solution are both foreign to the country that the game takes place in and weirdly and it mostly became funny because the DLC did it again because now mm. the villain's someone from Spain I'm like why <laughs> why can't it, why can't Masamune just have agency and just be up to no good for something why do they have to be manipulated by some woman from Spain uh but the issue here is the three boss fights that are humans after Mr. Centipede Man uh, they're like fighting phantoms in Dark Souls. It's like unforgivable, basically, how little actual content goes into it. Like it's like fighting a copy of yourself that happens to be wielding that specific weapon and has that specific living weapon uh, super attack and stuff like that. Like it's the corners are cut so hard mm-hmm. that you're like the the whole level is all the all three levels are in snow. You fight two enemies over and over again, and then we get to the end of each level. You fight an enemy that's basically like if you got invaded by an NPC in Dark Souls. It's just a copy of your character with its own gear that fights you and has like a, a living weapon mode, which is what you have also. It's just a thing where you activate your elemental weapon and go and go haywire for a bit. So like their only special variant is that those enemies have a living weapon you don't have. So they have moves you don't quite have yet. And that's it. And like that's the climactic bosses of this DLC are like... The equivalent of like, yeah, if you fought like Zigmire or something. <laughs> and that's like hmm. it's it's going so downhill. It's so rough to see. because uh, we keep playing different types of souls likes over time. And you'll you always hear me praise the Dark Souls games for how much it's always new content. 
Mm-hmm. Like even when we played Dark Souls three, you can't really say that they recycle content. You can only say they recycle ideas. Because like we yeah. talked, we talked about how it feels like a remix of the previous like several games, and that's true. But they don't use the previous games in the game. Like they don't actually literally mm. use that. They make new content, and it's it's that's why those games always feel super well paced because you're playing new bosses and new enemies and you like the enemies will be used exactly as much as they need to be and then they'll move on and they won't out, out, out they won't like out where they're welcome and crap like that you won't fight 100 of the same dude but uh neo turns out to learn almost no lessons from dark souls despite how much it just lifts mechanics because you just fight 100 of the same dude like that's just a thing that happens in the game and try to imagine Try to imagine like loot grinding in a Dark Souls game, like what that experience is like. Because like whenever you I've loot, been, I've mm. been doing that in uh, in the Surge. <laughs> it's not as bad as uh, Neo, though. Because all right, even well, the even the Surge, haven't you said like those parts where you can kind of button mash and you don't have to think? Oh yeah, yeah. It is it is super like brainless, and also you don't have to grind RNG wise. It's mostly just like I need to cut off eight more arms to finish off the set. Ew. Hmm. The, yeah. the, the issue I've run into is that Neo, when it asks, when you're expected to grind to catch up and level or get your like your super weapons and stuff like that, like it's like grinding in Bloodborne. Like you're fighting mm-hmm. things that super fight back and are ready to cause a problem. It's like you can't check out at all. So it's like grinding is exhausting because <laughs> it's not like Dark Souls where, or it's not like a like Diablo where you're like I'm grinding, I'm clicking on them, I'm just gonna clear this level a few times, like. As you just click your way through it, like grinding in a game that's actually demanding, like a Ninja Gaiden game, it just becomes exhausting. You're, but not fun. Like you're engaged in that you have to keep paying attention the whole time, but you're just doing the same thing over and over again in the same level, repeating to grind. So you're just being engaged while nothing interesting happens, which means you're just mm. like tired. Like it's just a game that makes you tired. Because it, it it asks too much attention for how little it's willing to give you. It, it's rough. I'm baffled by how many... Like, this game got 10s from people. <laughs> it's really interesting yeah. watching how high the praise for this game was. People just wanted how, it to be good, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And then there's all... Because it, it sounds amazing. It's mm-hmm. a samurai Souls-like from the Ninja Gaiden developers. And it's gotten the it's got pretty cutscenes and and like flashy gameplay and it's like it's responsive. The gameplay is the the basic gameplay is good, but it doesn't have content. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder if the people that played it didn't beat it when they reviewed it, <laughs> and then, and they just reviewed like the early impression of it. Like when you hear about how like Sega would make oh, yeah. Total War games that are way better at the beginning mm-hmm. than at the end because pe- and then people play the beginning and think and give it a good review. Mm-hmm. Or like that happened with a uh, Sim City. Polygon gave Sim City 2013 a very high score. Then they played further into the game. Were like, oh my god, this is a piece of shit. And they like <laughs> they updated their score like four mm-hmm. times, lowering it more and more as they played further into the game. And would <laughs> that's hilarious. I would say kind of unprofessional to be publishing your review of a game you didn't really play that much of. But whatever. But like, I get that feeling sometimes from Neo because I'm like, how is there? Yeah, s- there's two. That's- this, the that, rev- it was so positive. So that's, that's kind of like what receiving happened. a defective product in the mail and being like, "Wow, this uh, toaster is awesome!" And you only had it for a day, and then like then it burns later. your apartment down. And you're like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, that actually happened with Rhyme this past week, which is this like beautiful kind of journey like game 
PS4 version has like lag, but like whatever, it's an indie game. PC version is irredeemable. So all the reviews are like nines and 8.5s and just the, the PC version deserves nothing, nothing higher than a three. Oh but boy. didn't get that? Yeah. Uh, well, the Steam reviews are atrocious for it, but the actual like reviews, since they all got PS4 copies, they're like, this is a wonderful game. And it's like really artsy. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, oh, it, yeah, I think if you check Metacritic, pr- it's definitely lower on PC. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I loved using Metacritic back in the day because they actually would rate it by system. And I remember when I was younger, I thought that games were indistinguishable one system to another. But no, um, no, no. Back when, <laughs> back when they were back when they were releasing, oh, what was it? I remember I s- sadly picked up uh, Star Wars Unleashed, The Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. For the Wii, I picked it up for the Wii because oh, ports to the Wii were particularly horrible. It was a completely I mean, different game. Like the uh, the PlayStation and the Xbox the ones looked very similar with only mm-hmm. minor graphical differences. I think, but right. they actually had to create like a new, like a separate. Well, they have to scale it down the because the Wii was yeah. so underpowered compared to other consoles at the time. But the consolation was you got a separate PvP. Uh, Saber duels game mode and the Wii that the other games didn't have. Weirdly enough, <laughs> I, I that's think cool. I think right now might be mm-hmm. the peak out of all of history of games of port similarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the more you oh, go yeah, back, well, I think that consoles just use PC hardware at right. this point. The more you go back, the more disparate uh, ports get, and how bizarre yep. things get. And to the point mm-hmm. where, uh, if you go far enough back, ports of games were just new games. They were different. Yep. They were games. just different games, like Aladdin. Mm-hmm. It would just be called yeah. the same thing on like four consoles, and it would not at all be the same game on each console with different levels and different sprites and everything. Like Pac-Man, Pac-Man ports oh, yeah. are fascinating to look at. <laughs> you want to, you want to see something really weird? Look at the game. Look at the game uh, Star Wars Jedi Power Battles. But mm-hmm. look at it on PlayStation One and then on Dreamcast. Well, that, that used a lot of mocap, didn't it? No, or not mocap, but like motion controls. Right. No, no, Jedi no. Power Battles is just a this top-down beat-em-up game. It's like oh, fighting okay. force. I'm thinking of something completely different then. Yeah. Like Jedi right. Power well, Battles we're going PS1 over two hours at this point, Dreamcast so maybe yeah. I'm going to try and wrangle this in again here. Yeah. Uh, do we have a poop Kibush. story, or are we just going to do <laughs> a hard story. countdown? Didn't we start with poop stories this time? Uh, no. Not exactly poop story, but Shell was having like digestive systems uh, issues the other day. Hey, she's yeah. gonna volunteer so that I was about streaming, her, huh? and she's like dancing in front of me with like notes written down, being like, "I have to poop," and I'm like, "Why are you telling me this?" <laughs> well, did she? Presumably, several okay. times. Let's well, okay. start with a happy ending. Running on a well, good note. Well, I mean, she pooped. That's happy. Okay. Not pooping. That's the unhappy part. Oop. So is that why your neighbors are moving out, or <laughs> no? No, no. They, they're out. well. Uh, the lady with the pug. I haven't seen her again, so I wouldn't be surprised. Wait, if... there was a lady with a pug. Wasn't it a pug or was it a bull? I don't know. There, there were people with uh with dogs that were uh. Mm. That... Well, they were the ones pooping on the lawn, and they may have been evicted because yeah. our mm-hmm. our apartment complex is like yeah. If if anyone catches you uh, letting your your dog defecate on our lawns. They didn't use that language, yeah. obviously. We're, we're done we're giving going... strikes for this. You're just out. <laughs> really? Because right. I thought they were going to uh, give people fines and then... No, no more talking. No more. We're done. <laughs> no more. We're done for the day. We're okay. done. Podcast over. Oh, Thanks for watching, get... everybody. 
No, no. Send questions. Watch it on SoundCloud. Watch it on iTunes. It's on iTunes. There's links in places. Yeah. I can't just say the iTunes link. It's not doesn't it's not it doesn't work that way. It's iTunes.com slash IJKP one seven dash capital P colon uh eight eight six The fuck is happening? What have we become? Oh, no. yes. He's already playing. Are we even going to make it, it to 30 Astoria? episodes or are we just going to be like puddles? <laughs> hey, 